0: If so you go to a Portland in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put it on. I've changed the Murray,
1: by the way. So if anybody wants to find me Moretti, <laughs> We're right. Moretti. Well, I'll take Peroni as well.
2: Welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for our second offering of uh, COVID 19 to your ears. Uh, five Blades in a House, which is uh, a bit of a different uh, take on Four Blades in a Pub. And I'm here tonight with Phil, Ian and Dan. So you've got the original Four Blades in a Pub and we're really, really delighted, as I'm sure you are, uh, to be sharing uh, this lockdown evening to have a good old natter with our, one of our former players, Wayne Quinn. Good evening, Wayne.
0: Yes, thank you. Thanks for the invite, Jonathan, everybody. Much appreciated.
2: Not a problem. It's good to have you on. Um, We've done a few of these, and you're one of the – well, you're the first one we've done that I actually used to go and watch play quite a bit. Um, And we'll kick things off, I think, like chronologically, if it's all right with you. Um, When you moved to Sheffield then originally, uh, you were quite young. How old were you, and how did it come about? Did you have other options, other clubs to go to? Yeah, I did. I mean (laughs) – Obviously, Cornwall, whether you're not know or
0: not, it's, it's more of a rugby county than it is a football county. So, um, if you, was, you know, if are pretty good at football, at, you know, at a young age, you're just was, you was kind of like sorted and uh, and uh, and you like you in high you know, high regard, high esteem. And uh, I think I was eight or nine. Um, I was breaking all the records from my school, and we used into like, into doing 5 side competitions, 11 side competitions up through Cornwall, through Devon. Um, and we had a county under-15 team, under-16 team. And I was well, I was training with the under-15, under-16 boys at a young age, like eight, nine, ten-year-old, literally just coming in, drawing, and introduce myself. And then, again, went to the last year of primary school and I managed to get a game with the county under-15 side. And uh, it was away in Gloucester, I won't forget it. And I think it was a Sheffield United scout there. There was... a uh, Three or four or five scouts there, and um, I just received a letter through uh, through the post asking if I'd to go to trial with Sheffield United. But with that, come um, back in the old days, back was it was Oldham, QPR, Celtic, Spurs. Um, but Sheffield United actually was the first letter I got as a schoolboy asking me to go for a three or four day trial. Um, so I yeah, okay, so we went, I was 11 year old, and I went to with a man called Dennis Pitt, who was like an, a, a well known football man down here and he took me to Sheffield um, as an 11-year-old. I did a three-day trial if you will, back then um, with Keith Mincher and Dungy, John Dunworth, who I think is still at the club. We've come back to the club, should I say. Um, And after the three days they're kind of like, yes, we want to see you again. Yes, we want to give you a a schoolboy or or unfortunately you've not made it. But at the end of the three-day, it was only two of us, me and a lad called Gary Pearson who I still speak to and really good friends with and he's from um, he's in Lane in Sunderland and uh, we actually got invited back but because I live so far away the funny thing is he got me invited back for a second trial whereas I just said look well, I was said or oh, offered should I say schoolboy form so from those three days I literally signed uh, a school a schoolboy form taking me to well being a Sheffield United schoolboy to the ages of 16 um, and that's where it's, it's my only club I went to I loved it um
1: and that
0: was at eleven years old, way right? Yeah, eleven years old. I didn't move to Shepherd at eleven, but that was eleven years old. Um, then I come back, um, obviously uh, Chiffon, I was a big club, you know, it was just it was a really big club and you know, I think I was one of only I think I'm one of only three or four actually, even to this day, to make it as as a premiership footballer in, in the in the in the as, from from Cornwall. But back then as an eleven year old, I um I ended up, scored pretty good. Every other weekend, because I didn't live local, and I didn't see all the schoolboys every weekend, like from Sheffield, from Wotherham, from Doncaster, from Newcastle, they all come from where have you. I used to go every other weekend. Um, And if we never had a game or anything, I used to train with the apprentices. But back then, as an 11, 12-year-old, and I have to say, this is the hand of my heart, I wanted to be a professional footballer, but the first live game I ever saw was at Bramwell Lane. It was at Bramwell Lane. It was a night game against QPR, um, and I think it was against I, mean, I think Billy Jones was playing at the time you know, I'm not 100% sure Billy Jones was, but Dave Bassett was the manager because Dave Bassett gave him my my professional contract and I used to travel by myself it would never happen now but I used to go on a train at Penzance as an 11 year old as a 12 year old and literally go all the way to Sheffield by myself as an 11 11- and 12 year old um, and the first time I did it, I, did, I got the train. I didn't know anybody. You know, Penzance has got three platforms. Sheffield's got like 23 platforms. You know, as, a, as an 11, 12-year-old, I just, I did it because I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a footballer. And uh, um, I did that. Um, and John Dunworth picked me up. And I just went to digs. And, but that's how I come about. And I ended up moving to Sheffield when I was 14. I did it for two years. And then it was a case of, like, you know, you're missing too much. You need to be a week in, week out. Um, and that's when I moved with a family up there. But yeah, and I, I started as an 11 year old when I first went to Sheffield. Um, I said, I did realize I'd never been out of Cornwall before. Well, I have to Bristol, but I've never been as far as that. And it was just yeah, yeah. a massive eye opener, like, you know, I just, I, it was just, it would ne- you'd never happen now. You'd never get 11 year old or 12 year old on the train by himself going that far you just it just wouldn't happen yeah.
1: but they would move the whole family wouldn't they nowadays they'd, they'd, yeah. they'd, yeah. and they'd move everybody up wouldn't they it
0: is i mean it's, it, it's i don't know why actually i don't know what was my mum thinking but i mean it's one of those <laughs> last, you know i'm glad she did but it's just, uh but as it What the best about that is is, is the family that i went and stayed with it was ann robertson and tony robertson on um on salty lane um nice big house they had a family and i always it just become, I always went and stayed with them. Um, I always had the same person I stayed with every time. So I come, I become like a, not a child, if you will, but I become part, part of the furniture, if that makes sense, you know, for a couple of years. And then it was thought, it was Keith Mincher and they said like, you need to be up here more often and that's how it came about that I, um, I ended up moving up and, and living with them for a while until until we moved and then we put her as an apprentice. But I mean, I did, yeah, I did that as a schoolboy. Um, Then I did the, then I actually got, an apprenticeship, two year apprenticeship. Um and then we only did one year of it and I got given a I was given a pro contract straight away. So it was
3: it was all good. It all worked out in the end for me, you know? And it was all Dave Bassett good. who gave you that pro contract way?
0: Yeah it was Dave Bassett, yeah Dave Bassett, Jeff Taylor were there, um i say so on Twitter I'm not, I am do not do Facebook, but on Twitter and I, I greaves he was a kit man, Frenchie was there, the physio. Um and that was about back when all the, the lads because so I used to train with a lot of apprentices, like Graham Anthony, who was there, but he went to Carlisle, he was, I lived with him for a while, because, and that's the thing as well, uh, that, because I was young, and my half terms down here, my summer holidays, to a point, were different to yours up country, yeah. it was like a week behind, or a week in front, so, when I, I used to go up, like a 13, 14 year old, I always trained with the apprentices, I never, because that's the time I could train, so I used to train with apprentices, I'd watch like first team games, which I've never seen before, obviously, you know, it blew my mind to watch, you know, twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 people at Bramwell Lane at the time. It's just, it's one of those things that it never happened to a boy or to a lad from Cornwall. It just never happened. It just, it just never happened. So I, the, I mean, the first game, I just didn't know what to expect. And I was allowed, Dave Bassett was brilliant. You know, he allowed me in the change room before the game. Like, you know, Quinny's sitting in the corner, you know, as a 12 year old, I'm thinking, yeah, okay. And I'm watching these big players, you know, and people, like walk past me and thinking, wow, Dame Wiles was only a young lad at the time. And,
1: it was just characters, then they went there, way. Some characters. When I when I was
0: watching it, and before I became an apprentice, I, the likes of for me were would, would like Sheffield as well. It was like Wardy, uh, Bradders, uh, mm-hmm. Sid, Paul Beasley was there, Trace was there, Simon Trace. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so they were they were. Billy Jones was there. Um, there were massive characters in in the change room, all loud and you know you were you weren't sure how to take it because you know you, you're a young lad, you starstruck. You look at these people doing the thing that you want to do and. You're in awe, you're just in awe, and you know, and it's you're just one of those that you just, you just, you just, it's fascinating to be a part of. And you know, and, and I kind of, and the apprenticeship, when I did the apprenticeship, you know, I, I loved it. I just, it's just a shame when they, they got rid of it because so I, I honestly, I, I believe it made you as a, I know Kurt's talked about it, but it does. We talked to Kurt a lot of times and we speak about apprenticeship. We, I would, I wouldn't want to be a footballer without not doing an apprenticeship. That's how a high I rated it and that's all that's all good. It made you a man it just made you do the jobs. It made you appreciate the graft and the hard work it took to, to be to be like, you know, the first team footballer. You know, you can make you can become a professional footballer. But to be a professional footballer, you've got at least to make a play for the first team. You know, there's too many players who say, oh, I played for, you know, Plymouth Argyle, Sheffield United, Newcastle United or West Ham. oh it doesn't matter. But unless you actually play for the first team, you know, you know, you, I don't think you've you've made it as such or as many games, you know. But uh, you know, I was fortunate to do so.
3: so is it a sorry, do go on.
2: I was just going to say, obviously, you've just you've listed off some absolute characters in our fair. So when you're there, twelve-year-old in the corner, is there a story or like somebody's come in and done something or said? Well, it's just it, for it, you, it, it, you, and you can't it, quite it, believe this is going off in like a top-flight changing room. It stuff.
0: was. It's funny you find different characters in the change room, and and because you, I'm twelve, and I'm you know. It's hard to sit there and take it all in when you're not sure where to look. That's the truth. But we used to have an old cha- change room. Was at a time we had a big was there. He had it in the corner. It was a real big, like, oldish colour TV, um, and it was like this TV was playing. And I'm not sure what it was. And Vinnie jo- it was Vinny Jones come in and he started oh, put some music on. And you'd think, quarter cool, of an hour before a game, you know, you think they're going to put like a, like a Rocky song just something to get you going and he didn't he put I'll never forget it, it was, I think it was the farm called All Together Now it, it was the slowest stupidest song I've ever heard but I never every time I hear it it just takes me to that change room and you've got <laughs> you got him like singing there like All Together Now and you've got the likes of like which you probably know better than me like Brad yeah. or especially Brad Brad's bees. like you know, can you swear or not
4: yeah, you yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. go for it. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, beads is like bees like fuck it, come on, you can't see fuck good your mental like, And we're sat there and, and they got Jeff Taylor, if you know Jeff Taylor, he, every of the words and F this, F that, you twat, you got so you got it's just it was an experience to see all these big players just just to be like that. And then you got someone like Paul Rod- you know, Paul Rogers, Jamie Orland are quite relaxed in the change room and they'd like, quite sit back and watching the, how it all goes off, sort of thing, you know. and, I kind of learned throughout my career that certain people in change before a game they either some just like to be by themselves they like to just to chill out and whereas others like to go mad just to feel that they get themselves going you know And that, that's, but definitely from that change there were some real big massive characters like you know and uh, it's just but it, 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 it sort of stood me in good stead. And I think back now but the Farming All Now was just one of those songs that takes me straight back now it was on the radio I'm I'm, I'm there all the time right
3: was it? Was there a player who kind of looked out for you then is you know as you, you the young lad coming into that change room is there someone who kind of put put his arm around you just well, kept, you, he kept was, you straight and focused
4: it was a young lad
0: I say a young lad at the time uh, believe it or not I mean I'm, I'm good friends with him it was Dane Whitehouse he was I think because he come through because he come through the scenario of like a schoolboy an apprenticeship he went through that he wasn't bought shall I say he went through that the curve if you will he he kind of looked out for not just me but like for all the apprentices so I'm I was only a schoolboy, but, you know, it was only a schoolboy, but you yeah, had the apprentice there, you know, and the old Umbro stuff, you know, cleaning the boots, getting the towels, and he he, he he definitely was one of those that he could relate to the apprentices, if you will, because so he related to them, and then I, you know, then I was a schoolboy, as I got, when I moved to Sheffield, lived to Sheffield as a 14-year-old, then we became, you know, I got to know him a little bit better, and because I was always, i ran run the club a lot more, you know, i ran the training ground a lot more, and, um, which, which was fortunate, because the schoolboys, who were my age at the time? They only saw it at weekends. I was there because I was living there, sort of thing. I went to school at um, King Edward the School. They went to school um, in Sheffield, uh, so I kind of got there all the time. And you know, on like every home game, every game I was I was available to go. I, you know, I was back then. You had the old, you know, remember the apprentices doing the school, doing the being ball boys. You know, I remember now. You know, Jeff Taylor was off throwing, so, and I was allowed to be a ball boy at 14s And he was like, if the ball comes to you and we're losing, get the ball back quick. If we're not, and we're winning, just fall over the ball you know little game fight. no but little Mike definitely yeah. back then with Dave Bassett with Jeff Taylor it definitely and I because when I went as well not like the dugouts are now do you remember where the dugouts were like a bench like on the yeah.
4: pitch yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: so and what we didn't want back then believe it or not is we didn't want to be well, I did especially I didn't want to be close to the dugout because You've got to get it wrong, whether it's slow, ball, fast, you've got to get it wrong no matter what. So, the, the not so brave ball boys, we used to go to the opposite side, John Street stand, we used to go to the opposite side um, and just think we're safe over here because he can't shelter us and not get the ball back and everything, you know. But it was, it was a brilliant experience, like, you know.
1: That's brilliant. Uh, that's quite interesting, you say you were around the club a lot at that age. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember your name being mentioned quite a long time before you broke into the first team. You're kind of, you were kind of quite. Thought yeah. of well, well talked about. Yeah. How did you go from being that kind of person that was around the club a lot to being a, a in and around the first team itself, and actually getting it, into the first team?
0: It was because I, was, I, I was, see went from the, when I was a pro, so when I was a, when I was an apprentice, I was I was um I was like skip I was captain and skipper. I, I played centre midfield as an apprentice as it goes. So I played centre midfield, and my name was getting bad, and I was like I got given the pre, uh, a pro year early. Um, so I was given effectively a two year apprenticeship and a one year pro, but I didn't I only did one year apprenticeship, then my contract got ripped and so I they must have thought something well, I did. He thought something of me because he gave me a two year pro, pro contract. So I started playing a little bit more with I was one of the first players actually in my age, well I was my age to play with the reserves. I get like a game here with the reserves, game there with the reserves. I used to train with the reserves all the time. Now and again, not so much now, but back then the first team, if it was a player injured and need to make numbers, I was always like encouraged to play with the men, effectively, I was playing, encouraged to play with the men, and um, and that's what happened. And um, I played a lot. I played one season in the reserves quite often, as it goes. Um, and I never actually got my break, but I was always around him. And I think honestly, Phil, I honestly think it's because I was left-footed. I, you know, I, I got a decent left foot, to be fair. And and you know, I was always encouraged. You know, even like I think I told the story. You know, like when I went to Newcastle, but I used to get asked quite often to. What's playing after training? Like, can you feed me, Quinny? Can you feed me? Can you like ping balls, whip balls, cross balls? I was always always outside like, trying to practice, and I always got you know. I was in, my name was ban- bantered about because I think it was just I was I, I had a good left foot, you know, and I was playing for the reserves quite a couple of years, and then it was when aj Neve left. Not AJ, Neve, sorry, I made it up. It was when um I can't remember who left, when I just spat me um when I just me coming in. Kend- yeah. The Kendall. Oh, Kendall. Kendall. And that's it because I well at Hutch there. He had Sid there. You know, he had them all. Then I was. I've got him well, well with Kendall, but he he liked older players, he liked players, you know, who he's had before, he liked he liked the characters and the change of the last quite quite as it goes, um, then. Um, I, I was I was I was like that sort of person, that sort of player. I was like was under the spotlight, I was used but not used. I used to travel with the first team quite a bit, but I was never used. But Nigel played with Nigel Spackman and Nigel Spackman took a bigger role when in coaching um the reserves and being being a part of a bit part for the first team. And he must have seen something like because when Howard Kendall left and I just found and got the, the job that year, that season, he pulled me to one side and he said, look, I expect big things I've I've seen you in years, I expect big things from you this year, Um, you know, keep your head down, work hard in pre-season, you'll have a, you know, I, I think you've got a chance of, of playing first team football this season and it was, that's how it came about. So that gave me, that was my first day pre-season training and it just gave me a massive like, wow, like a pat on the back, like, you know, my shoulders were back thinking I've got a great chance and I remember at the time, Chris Short—he was so fit. Chris Short he was so fit, and I just thought yeah. my, my goal was to just stay with Shorty. Stay with Shorty. Stay with Shorty. And, and I was—I was, I was a younger part of the family, but just stay with Shorty. And and he got me through that preseason just for fitness. And then we went on tour to Norway. I played a lot of reserve games. Stocksbridge, you map, lots like you do. Then we went on tour. The first tour we went on was to, to Norway, and I ended up obviously being the young lad to go, so I went to Norway. And um, and I played every game. And to be fair then. What happens then? The first team, say the first team, like the, the bigger characters, you know, like all the old guys, like Wardy, Don Hutchinson at the time, you know, they've uh, Sid, David Oldsworth, Nicky Mark, who was bought, they sort of like taking on, get me involved with the first team if that makes sense to you. Training and I, you know, I felt part of it. If that's that's the truth. I felt part of it. I Felt oh, I've, you know, I've got a chance here, and um, and that's that's how it came about. So I did really well in Norway, and then, but it was also it was a weird one because a lot of players left, but. Like Nigel Spatman brought in some like really big names, especially Brian. They brought in some really big names and, and big characters to 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 what he needed to come on. And I was to this day I was so fortunate to to make my debut. And sorry, make my debut, but to as much I love my debut, I love the six weeks prior to my debut because I got to know certain players that and now they played. And it was just one of those that you know we know that the players that he brought in, but it was just one of those that that's why I went from the premise to reserves to the first team because Nigel Spatman got the job. I think you know I'm not saying I would not have made it. But him knowing me for a year, he kind of saw what I could and what I couldn't do. And I think that, you know,
4: that helped me, you
1: know? Oh, didn't help you, didn't it? You never look back. So your, your debut was, for me anyway, yeah. a game that I'll remember for a long time. It, it was mm. a, a tremendous game of football for many reasons yeah. and for many memories and, and people that played in it. But what was it like to be part of that game? I'm talking Obviously, about Sunderland at home, by the way. Sunderland,
0: yeah, Sunderland at home. Yeah, Sunderland at, home. Yeah, Sunderland at it come about because it was obviously I, I found out on the we played on the Sunday and I found out on the Saturday and I there was Inklings during the week that I could be involved in and, and I just remember you know I wasn't nervous I I, I thought nah, Gaff ain't gonna play like you ain't gonna play me I'm not it's a, you know Sunderland just been relegated it's a beer full house you know we got Dino coming back Raz you know we didn't know nothing about what nobody knew nothing about you know Paul McGraw was there Nicky Marker Pat you know Sid was playing anyway Jan yeah, Fyotov come. and I thought I'm not gonna play you know you've got two you've got too many people on the bench, like, you know, sort of thing, and, you know, I was happy, honestly, to go on the bench, and it was after training, and uh, that's when I was going back earlier, so I got a phone call from um, Nigel, well, from the gaffer at the time, and it was Saturday evening, he says, look, I'm not sure what you're doing, but prepare right, and you're going to tell you no, I'm the only person I'm telling tomorrow's team is, is you, because um, the gaffer, he always, well, Nigel Spatman always revealed the team an hour and a half before, so we never did, but I knew." The night of the game because he said it's a day, we just treat it like a normal game, you deserve to be here, and that's how it came about. So, I, I didn't sleep, that's the truth. I didn't sleep, I says, prepare right. I didn't, you know, I ate the right things, but um, I didn't sleep. And then it was um, turned to the game, and you know, I walked in, you know, you get before a game, you get the ball, you know, you get the school boards, your families come in to have a photo, to have, have, a, have an autograph, and it was just they didn't know who I was, and be fair, but and that was it. But um, but Paul McGraw was. All the older ends, he really took to me. You know, again, Dean Whitehouse really, really, really put an arm around me and said, "Look, just go out there, just do what you do, enjoy it, run." He says, "They'll love you if you work hard. If you work hard, tackles, they will love you. The, the, the fans will get behind you, and you know." And it was, you know, and it was, like I say, Sunderland people I'm watching stood in the tunnel. I think it's a video of it on YouTube now. In the tunnel, like, I'm, I think I'm behind Brian Dean as it goes, and I'm looking at him, and he looks monstrous, and I'm and I'm looking across. You know, you got Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn, who are like. Household names who scoring goals are fine you know Kevin Ball, and I'm thinking they just look, everything just looked massive to me. I thought, my God, what am I doing here? Sort of thing. I'm about to go out here, and you know, in the warm up, and the noise was deafening. I'm thinking this is going to be mental, and I, and to this day, I don't know how I got through it, but coming out, well, we know they they come out the tunnel and the noise and the thirty thousand people. You know, it's just it was deafening, and it was. I'll never forget the noise. I'll never forget the. uh, I'll never forget the game. It was just one of those. Highlight probably of my career because it was just something I've dreamed of for a while, you know. And it took me a while to get there, but I, I finally did. And I say, when we got the result we wanted, players were magnificent, you know. And uh, and like well, i come I after 70 minutes, I I, I I I was fit, but I just couldn't cope with the adrenaline got to me, the occasion got to me. But you know, I put 70 minutes of a I put a good shift in for 70 minutes, if you will, you know. And I, you know, that's that's why I look at it. You know, it wasn't my best game, but it was. I had achieved what I wanted to achieve and it was just something I'll never forget, you know?
2: So when you, you were saying before when you were coming through you were playing centre midfield, was Spagman quite influential on um, having that chat with you? Like, have you thought about this? Because we used to play He's straight, backs.
0: Straight away, pre-season. I know, because under the, you know, because I think it was with Glenn Holler at Chelsea and I think Glenn Holler was like one of the first or two to, to go to three 3-5-2. I'm not saying the first, but it was then 4-4-2. Exactly. Four, four, yeah, yeah. He was, he was the one who's changed it, adapting a little bit and. Um, and he come. That's straight away. I was sent to to field for the reserves, like I said to you. And that season, I come back for pre season, and I think our first training session was all ball work. You know, running, but ball work. And he he just said blatantly, first our first training, look, we're going three five two, um, and and that was it. It was three five two, four three 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 five two, if you will. And that uh, he said, Quinny you know, you're quick, you're young, you're fit. He says, and you've got a good left foot. He says, and. He just just want you there, across, just crossing balls, go out right there, cross the ball, defend, and you know, and that was it. And he, he's the one who definitely put me, definitely put me to you know wing back. I wasn't a left back, I wasn't left wing. He was, or I just used to be a centre midfielder, you know. And um, no, but he put me to left wing back, and obviously, uh, you know, it was a pretty brilliant decision because it, it it worked wonders for me, you know.
4: Do you, think,
5: then, do you think you'd have come through into the first team if you'd have stayed as a central midfielder, or do you think you'd have found the pathway harder
4: to, to I, get in that way?
0: I think I don't think I'd be. Yeah, no. I, I, that's a tough question, but I, I don't. But all I know is that centre midfield, we were. I think we were blessed. We had some really good players. Mm-hmm. who said midfielders, but we also had players who. You know, Dane wasn't a centre midfielder. Dane always wanted to play centre midfielder, but he was always now you're a left back or you're a left winger or a left midfielder. He, but ask Dane now, where's your favourite position? It'd be centre midfield. So. And I think that's why we got on so well because I think he thought I'd do him a favour. Me going left wing back meant he didn't have to. So then, you know, what I mean. And, but as it was until the injury, let's be honest. I thought Dane was having one of the best seasons he's had for a while. He was unbelievable that season. Dane was so. It's you know. It's and I, I think I do. I do think that I'd done him a favour. To be fair, you know. But um, I, I think it would been hard to get in centre field. If I'm being honest.
3: And those first, that first four or five months of that season, I, I wasn't at that game. I was, on, I was in Greece on holiday. I remember sitting there with a Wednesday night, mate, watching United in that game against Sunderland play football, the quality of which yeah. I'd not seen United play in, in my sort of 20, 20 years of watching United at that point. And it was just the wing bikes, everything about it. I mean, that yeah. first four or five months, what was it? We had such momentum and such a, a buzz about the club.
0: Yeah. Honestly, Ian, I'm, I'm no different. I yeah. I come. I, think, I thought was. Like, I said. I said to you earlier. I was blessed. I I couldn't believe how lucky I was. I'm, I thought it was a norm. Honestly, that's the yeah. truth. I'm not, you know, you got players who've who fought relegation. Who you know been not such a good team. You have know, got players like that around the team. You know, like Dane has been like ups and downs as a chef. Like, I'm just saying that your local player. And I thought it was a norm. I thought, goodness, is, I thought this is. I thought this was easy. I thought look. <laughs> I look around. I look around at the change room, thinking. Look at all these players we got for the first four or five months. We're going to, I mean, I remember now. We Sunderland to. 2 1, I think it was 2 0, sorry. And we we back, genuinely, we battered them. They never had a kick. We, yeah. we back, we, we played them off the part. Their premiership team comes down. We played them off the part. Then I think we went to Wrexham on a Tuesday night. I think it was away in the cut, battered them. And I think the following game was Wolves away, who had like back then they were like again, they were a brilliant team. And I think we drew 0 0, but again, but we played them off the part. I, I don't know how we never won the game, but that just the cultures of bread and we. I think we've got. I've got the, the video somewhere where you know I looked at we, our first results. And I, I think it's the United review for the first game. So I'm thinking we're beating teams like you know Portsmouth at times, Sunderland. We're beating big teams like good teams, Man City's comfortably. I'm thinking we were a, were a brilliant side and what we had. We could pass the ball, but we were fit. But we had we had. I couldn't you know we had workers. We had people who like who were going to put a shift and tackle. You know we had a, we had a midfield that you know doesn't get you know Pat, Mark Patterson. But honestly, but for in our in our system. He was brilliant in our system. Nicky Marker, brilliant in our system. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, we, had, we had, you know, talk about a team like, like Vaz. I mean, you know, we all know about Vaz. He's probably, without doubt, one of the 10 gifted players I've played. He'd come in and he was, he was unbelievable. Vaz was more adventurous than I was, but I think me on the opposite flank, we kind of, even though we're the the sides of the pitch, we kind of, we compliment each other because they say when you go forward, you have to stay back. But we kind of did do that. If he went forward, I'd look around and I'd be encouraged to go forward as well because you got Nicky Marker or or you know or, or Mark Patterson just sitting just covering everything like like you know like T 3s team. You know, you've got John Fett doing that. You got all So it works, you know. And we were just you got Dane Wise getting in the box. You had Jan you had Dino. You had, we had people who could score. But what we had ultimately was was a team that could defend. I think we didn't concede, we did concede many goals at all. We we scored a lot. We just didn't concede. And it was for me it was normal. You know we had we had a team that wasn't you know genuinely was a fucking good team. And I, you know, I, I asked the question, you know, if we had that team, absolutely, we we still made we still made the playoffs, and we, okay, we lost to Sunderland. We beat them at home in the first first leg, but we still got to the playoffs with with a team that wasn't with let's say our best players. But we still yeah. got there. Imagine if we had our best players, I think we would have we would have we would have absolutely pissed it
5: without yeah. death. We were too, we were too good. Yeah, I have always said that. that that team without without being decimated what Hutchison Fjortov Dean, yeah. all told that yeah. team romps that division, I think.
0: It, definitely and the players that left, let you know, let's let's be be right, Dan, is is they were they took the goal, they you know Dino come in sort of thing, you know, they did a job, but they just you know as soon as you see Brian Dean and Jan Fyotov you think shit. Like if I was an opposing team, you just know if you see two strikers as a defender you think shit, we're in for a game. And they could score from anywhere, and it's just they, you know, give Jan half an inch, and he he scored some goals, not just on the football pitch, but in training. I've never seen before, like, but just a proper, proper player, like, you know. And we were, we were very, we were very, very good, and it was just, you know, Carl Tyler, you know, it was a massive loss, but it was, it's just, it's just,
4: yeah, it was
0: just one, of the, it was just one of those that we was unlucky, but we, I get asked that question all the time, but yeah, we would have, we would have pissed it we have more points than anybody. We were not, honestly, we were, we were, we were yeah. that good, we were really that,
1: right. and, yeah. we had, and we had. Well, about am like, McGrath because McGrath didn't last long either, did he? He only played no, twelve games or something.
0: Yeah, but we had, but look, what we had Phil was we had like players come, or players not making like, not making the bench, just in abundance coming through, like you know. And you just thinking we were, we were just too good. we were just too good, and you know, you know, like you people who watch that first bowl, five months of that season, they say, you know, for a long time that's the best team. Not up until now that like they've seen for a while, and. You know, and, and you know, I'm glad to be a part of it, but, you know, I, definitely we would have we 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 pissed that, definitely, I think, absolutely.
2: So was, who were the big characters in, in that period then? So obviously, Brian Dean, when he's interviewed, God love him, doesn't maybe come across as wild <laughs> just, as Fjortop, for example.
0: No, he's, pla- he's placid. He's, he's he, you know, you know I'm, I'm fortunate to play with West, uh, West Ham as well. He's just a lovely, lovely bloke. Just a placid bloke, gets on with his job, but at the time, when Hutch was there. Wardy and Hutch before Wardy moved, but Hutch was Hutch was loud in the uh, in the change room. Um, you know, um, Mark Patterson really, really bubbly, really loud in the change room. You know, he he wouldn't think twice going around and fucking gene everybody up and telling them you know giving you you know he'd he happily tackle you in the, in, the, in the change room to get you going like you know just slap across the end. and think nothing of it is you know that sort of thing. Alan Kelly was vocal, cool, but in a but in a really good way, like really really good way. Um, um, uh, Alan Kelly was. Um, but they were like the big, the big, the big ones in that in that change room. Nicky Marker was quite reserved. Vaz, I don't think he spoke at all. to Be honest with you, Vaz was just one of those people just sat in the corner. And but he didn't need to. You know, he just he was that good. He didn't need to speak. But um, what was McGrath
1: like in the changing rooms? Like? No,
0: quiet. Just really reserved. Really quiet. But really quiet. But I, the funny thing is, like you know, I always thought it was a myth. Like Paul McGrath never never trained, or he never. He never did a warm up before a game, and he, you know, he, he trained. He'd come in for his cup of coffee on a Tuesday and a Thursday, but that was about it. He never put his boots on. Um, but on match days, especially at home, and it's again true story, we'd be out there doing a warm up. So we'd come in there you know, we'd walk up, you know, left at three o'clock kickoff, you know, we'd walk up at half past one, quarter to two, in a shirt and tie, you know, do the 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 the, the, the sponsors meet the greet and all that, and he would come in, he'd have his coffee, cross, he always sat with his legs crossed, always had his legs crossed, sat with his legs crossed, just sitting there, being there, seeing it, done it, we'd get changed, he'd be sat in his suit still, watching TV, we'd go for the warm up, he'd be still sat in his suit, and then, I kid you not, we'd come in after like, quarter three, for a go, he will be just coming out of the bath, with his towel around him, shampoo in his hair, like, bubble bath all over him, at quarter three, sit there, um, not, Gaffer's giving his team talk, he'll be getting changed, 10 to 3, 5 to 3, he'll go out and he'll go out and play football and that's no word of light. He would be in the bath at quarter to 3, getting out and he'll just go and play 90 minutes in front of 30,000 people, not think nothing of it, pick up the man of the match award and then come back in the change room, have another shower or bath, get changed and go home and we won't see him until Tuesday. That is that is what it was like. He was, was that good. He was that good he didn't need to, tra- he just didn't need to train. He was that good. Mm. I mean, you remember Sunderland, you know, Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn, I, I honestly don't think because they were probably behind Dean and Fjordov they were probably the, the, the best two strikers in the, in, the, in the division at the time and I don't think I don't think Maka broke sweat that game he just he did not break sweat he was just oh, just Rolls Royce just, he was just, just covering everything you know, I watched the game back and he, he just covers everything he do not look to pass the ball long he just, he just didn't break sweat He's, he was that good that, and that age as well so what he was like in his A day I, I'd only imagine
5: I think it might have been that game where I think it might have been Phillips running towards him and, and kind of weaving one way another and McGrath kind of just stood there, stood there, stood there and, yeah. just walked, and just walked off with ball and Phillips kind of went... He did, he, he, and he, was, did that, he did that quite often,
0: honestly, Dan. He did that, you know, you're running at him and he, run, he, like, he runs a al- lot. I thought he does. He used to run alongside players but he used to usher them to a corner. <laughs> so he's, he just ushered them to a dead end. And then when yeah. he went looking and the players thinking, where can I go? He went, oh, I like the ball then. It was that. It was just genuinely that good. He was. It was that good. Like really, that good.
4: That good.
2: So, um, <clears throat> what? What? What do you? Th- who do you think? Like then? I know we talk about. We've We've already touched on it, but I think it'd be good to get like a definitive player. Who that we lost? Do you think was the one that really cost us? Was it McGrath? Was it Dean Purtop? Was it when Whitehouse got injured, etc.? Like you know. It's a cumulative things. I mean, all, all, everyone, every
0: one of them was like, you know, as much as Dean going and Fjordoff for going, you know, and I say to like, you know, it was even, I think losing, losing Sid was a, was, was up there would be a massive blow because he knew what it was to be a Sheffield lad. He knew, he was, yes, you had Nicky Marker and Mark Patterson, but Dane was like, he was like, he was the engine, he was the engine room. He was the one who'd like, if we were nil nil, he'd be like, come on, you know, he was the one who'd grab you and like, he would grab you, like you knew from him, he'd like you'd lose the plot a little bit on the pitch, you know, he'd tell himself, he wouldn't think two minds are swearing and you know, I, you no. know, his shin pads, he'd roll his shin pads, instead of putting his socks up, you would put his socks down and say, Right, come on, I'm ready for a fight sort of thing. He was the one I think losing Sid was as much as Dean brought us together, you know, and I, also with Yan, I just think I just think we had to get the ball to those two to to to, to be an influence, if that makes sense to you, you know, from the top the end of the pitch. But I think mm-hmm. Dane was Dane was a massive blow because, like I say, he was a he was a blade. He was a Sheffield lad. He knew what it meant, and I think he knew what it was like to play in a team that pff, could got a chance of winning a, a, a lot of stuff, you know. And um, and I just think him lose. I think losing Sid over that season, and also had a knock-on effect because because it wasn't like we sold we sold him. It was a bloody bad injury, you know. So it wasn't just. We just him We never saw, we just never sourced it for a bit because obviously because he wasn't allowed out. He had his operation. He had you know he couldn't come to the club as such as much as what he'd like to. So it was just a devastating blow. And it was a, it wasn't like we sold him. We would see him like in an opposing team. It was an injury that was a career ending injury. So that had a massive knock on effect. I think if that happened to him, it happened to us. And it kind of it, it kind of like stunned you a little bit. And I think so of all of it, I honestly think as much as it, it killed us losing you know. You know, Dean and and Jan and that. I just think the bigger knock-on effect would definitely have been losing Sid because of because of who he was in the change room. You know, he was a life and soul. He was a bouncy one in the change room. He, you know, he had that Yorkshire twang that the lads you know, that, that, that Sheffield has, you know that they've got sort of thing. I just think losing him it, it affected us a little bit. You know, and it was, was there amazing. any bitterness,
1: Wayne? So? Sorry, was there any bitterness towards Gareth Ainsworth from the players? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's still hated now amongst the fans. No,
0: he's still hated like, not just not by the fans by by, by, by all the players I know of, because it was, If it was, like, I think, I think what it is for. I think footballers they respect you. If, it, if it's a cringy tackle and it's and it's, it's a fair attempt, it's, it's, it's a tackle that's gone wrong. You can accept it. I think because that's part and parcel of of, of of being a footballer. Because it's hard work being a footballer, or it's hard work becoming a professional footballer. And to be taken away with like a, a fucking cowardly tackle or a shitty Not tackle. A
5: challenge, were it? Yeah, it
0: is it, for, for for you to be taken away. Uh, for, for your career to be taken away by a player that was a shitty, cowardly tackle, for you to have not play football ever again, but for him to go on and have, and let's be honest, as a player, but even as a manager now at Wickham, you know, for that to carry yeah. on, for him to freeze out and to the FA Cup run and to win in the league and the promotion, what have you, but he's still got career in football. And I know that if I was Dane, I know that if, if that football, if that tackle was to stop me and blunt me, then you'd kind of you think football's done you it's done you bad if that makes sense and you kind of think i just want to be involved in football no more so i can understand why because they didn't come to the club for a while and I, it just didn't come to the club for for a long long time and i but i know why because he's he's seeing things and he's you know he he can't be a part of it ever and it's just that's got to be the hardest thing it's got to be the hardest thing of a cowardly tackle uh, it's just because he was and he's probably i said to you, you you know a lot before i did you know players wise but I think he was having probably one of the best seasons of his life because he was that good. Yeah,
1: he, he, yeah, he, he was outstanding in the middle that season, he really he was. bossed
0: the midfield, he bossed midfield, he not only would he score goals and he was scoring a lot more goals, I think he trusted the players around him, you know, in, in respect of again having like a left footer, like having me on the outside of him of being a you know, he can open up being a left footer and he can pass to me, whereas Dane was always if he ever opened up usually where he's playing, he was always to the touchline. But yeah. I think me playing there next to him he had the freedom to say, Thank God for that. And I think me and Dane genuinely, we worked really well together. Like, you know, we, we kind of knew what I was doing and we, you know, we, we picked up on it, you know. And that, he became a really good friend of mine, a really good friend
3: of mine. So, um, Chris Wilder came in that season on loan. Do you, do you did, remember it, much it, about that? And did he, was, it, was he another Sheffielder another in the dressing room?
0: <laughs> it was. Tufty was loud, but do you know, and, it, and he would tell you the same, but. I saw Tufty more down the nursery tavern, and be honest here, on a Sunday. <laughs> I, I, I did. I I, I knew Tufty because Tufty, when I was in schoolboy an apprentice, Tufty was like a young lad in the change room. So he wasn't as boisterous as loud. He was with like the bradders, the wardies, you know, in the back in the day sort of thing. So Wardy was quite, um, Tufty was quite, he was loud but in his own way. But he's quite reserved. If that makes sense, you know. And uh, but he. I knew of Tufty like most weekends. I knew he was a Sheffield United fan. I think you know he's he still playing a bit. I think when Hally Frax and he's at Bradway. he did all that, you know. And I used to see him playing. <laughs> we had many a game on the three-quarter table in the back of nursery. To be honest was Tufty, me, me, he would be with his whip was there. He would be with his gang getting drunk. I'll be there with well Curtis and my gang getting drunk, and it would just and that's what it come about. But I know, but then he would come in that season, and again he bought like he bought his Sheffield, he bought his and he, Tufty was a good player technically. I thought Tufty was a really good player technically. You know, he had a really good right foot. You know, and uh, he was just a really good player. And he come in and you know, he had that he had that, that spirit of being a chef United you know supporter. That you know, and he was loud in change rooms. And you know, he got on really well with that Dino at the time. And it was one of those that it just he clicked a bit, you no know, Tufty, because he, he knew knew other people. I think you know, um, in the backroom staff because I do used to do a lot as well. I used to go to McMary and the you know the laundrette. You know, I used to keep Rooks in the ticket office. Johnny G. You know amount of times i'd i finish training or i finish a game and I'd go and have a coffee with them you know Mary and Sue or i'd go in the um in the ticket office and to see all you know Rooke's mother mothers in their time Sues and so I used to see them all in there you know and Dave uh, used to come down and I'd sit for an hour and have a cup of tea and then but Tufty used to do that uh, then my used to do that and I kind of learnt off them to I kind of learned off them at a young age that respect your elders for one but you know it's not just us going on a pitch, it's what happens behind the scenes, and that's why I made a conscious effort. You know, at Christmas, I used to buy you know, rooks, um, uh, and all the ladies tick was like Christmas presents. I did say for Mary and Sue, you know, coffees, bacon sandwiches with them, you know, and I just thought it's important to do that. And Tufty back in the day did that, so I kind of learned off Tufty to do that. I learned off Dane to do that, you know. I know, Rory and Bradish used to do that, you know. I mean, Bradish used to walk in there bollock naked like got nothing of it like then once he started doing it in the laundry bees would do it then then they'd come in the morning they'd be jumping out on them bollock naked singing all sorts of shit you know but it's
1: do you know it's, it's really it's funny fun. you said about brothers we had him on a pod recently and yeah. uh, he famously got his knob out on one of the team photos once with the yeah. Uh, yeah, that was sitting down. Yeah, and you know what Carl's like. He's quite yeah. a boisterous character, right? Yeah, he is. Sure. I asked him about it, knowing what he was going to do, and you should have heard the way he answered. He was so sheepish. for Only the rest of you that were there. Yeah, I, yeah. I got my tail out. It was just yeah. so. <laughs> funny I
4: said well, no, but
0: but but honestly, but I, true. about Brannis was. Uh, but you go back to Tufty, and I'm trying to just I've weighed off a little bit, but I'm just trying to relate to what what I learned of Tufty as as what he is. Is the
4: club? Was, you know, he's
0: a chef knight, and, and the club was at his heart then. The likes of the Sheffield Boys, who were Sheffield United supporters, so I it helped me because took, I took on board and going back to Bradders, but I can't believe you're shy because genuinely Bradders wouldn't think twice, like you know swinging his cock around, and it, you know like, here comes boys, the aeroplane's coming in, like you know, he, would, he would never <laughs> call it a tail, no, but he would never call it a tail, he'd be like, you oh, know, here boys, get the fucking cock out for the yeah, for the lads, and I'm, so I can't understand that, you know, but I learned off those Sheffield lads to be to be, it's a club and it's you know it's not just is what happens behind the club, and you know if you speak to Marion, Sue if they're still there. You know, you speak to Rooks. You know, you know, even Rooks. It was to Take Cat. You know, he did take me to a Take Cat concert. My first ever concert, Sheffield Arena. It was with Mick Rooker and his and his granddaughter to watch Take Cat. That's no word of well,
1: Rooks that asked that on the S2 forum as well. By the way,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was Rooks, yeah. Well, surprise. I loved it, but then from then on, me and Rooks again. He's a Sheffield lad, and I know he went to Hull with Dave, uh, with Dave, you know, Andy Daken, and that. But I know they come back, but. um but I I knew all the backroom staff by first names, um, you know, and I always be, I'd always give them presents, i all, you know, and and I think that helped me or stood me in good stead of why I was, I think why I was liked by by people in and around Sheffield, because I think a lot of people as well, they they've got families, they've got friends, and if they speak highly of me, say, oh, Quinn is a nice lad, he's a nice lad, he's this, he's that, I think it just gets about, word gets about that you're a nice lad, and and I, you know, I think it's because of. Because of that, you know, and uh, and I, you know, I know, I think I mean, I'm, I'm highly regarded, especially behind the scenes up there, Johnny G and that, you know, and I know they, you know, they, they like me as well, you know, and Tufty's one of those lads that I learned off to be, you know, to, to be like that, you know.
1: Well, what I find really interesting about that, and I was going to ask if you spotted him being potential future manager, but one of the things Wilder said a few times is he has his fingerprints all over the club, and he does. Kind of that, that, that,
4: that's, that. that's kind of.
1: A,
0: that's what I'm kind of relating to. Is is Tufty did, you know. He wanted to go down that manager route. I didn't see it at the time because perhaps I was a bit young, naive to it. I was naive to the fact that you know. I, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to potentially say at that age that you're going to be a manager. You're going to be a good manager. I just think it's hard. But what I will say is what you just said there about you, you've got he's, he's got the he's got the, he's got the beat, he's, you know he's got Chienau's heartbeat at, the, at his heart. He has. He, he really understands. He knows what buttons to push. What you can. What you can't do. He has in all the pies, but in the right areas, he knows what he can, what he can't do, what he can do. And I think from a young age, from my age especially, I think little things like going to see the laundrette ladies and like the the, the ticket offices and the, the commercial staff, which he did by the way, like like Dane did, like Brad has did. I think he knew that that
4: yeah. it's going that's
0: gonna help him in the years to come. That he knows how it, all the little the jigsaw puzzle works, and he can get the best out of a department by being. That person, you know, like he ain't like um, the gaffers come, like Toffees come back to the club. Is like, oh, like Chris has come. I bet he, oh, Chris has come back home. Chris has come back home because it is a case of that's where he has. He has gone back home because he. It's like a second home because he gets how it runs. You know, that's exactly how it is.
3: And, they, and they, like you say, it's not just when what well, Phil's that there about his fingerprint. He talks about there's a football club here and there's people and the club is its people, its fan base, and he just
0: he knows when, what. When, he knows yeah. what the you know, fans want. He knows what the style of football yeah. the fans want, um, and if he can get it and play it that way, then he will, without yeah. a doubt. I think, well, you know, I didn't say you know you're there more than me, but it, it, you can see the way he plays. I watched it on, uh, when it's on Sky, obviously, and I watch it, and it, you can see that you can see the DNA in the club. You can see the DNA of of you know he's at three five two, which I laugh because I'm you know because. When I first it was your played, formation, it, wasn't it? <laughs> we play played three-five-two, and so I can relate to it. I'm, i find myself watching it now. You know, that thinking like I could, uh, it, the players that I play with. Oh yeah, that's you know that's like and the Stevens. That's not me, but I'm saying I can relate to the players in the position. Thinking,
4: sure. oh yeah,
0: where he's going, what he's doing. I think that's oh, good. That's nice. It, it's one of those sort of things I can relate to it. And, and Gaffer uh, Tufty was there for a little bit, so he would have saw that little bit of DNA in respect of how a team three-five-two would have played. And you know, he might have picked his brains. and thought. We're going to go that way. But he's definitely, he's definitely a heartbeat. as well as the fans, but he's definitely, he knows what gets the fans going. And he's got it like that, to a T, without a doubt. I'm not saying he couldn't go to another club and do the exact same thing. I'm not saying he couldn't do that because he probably could. I'm not saying that. But has he got potential to go to be an England manager? Absolutely. Because he knows what the fans want. He's passionate. Ask any fan, have a manager that loves your club and is passionate you cannot go wrong. I don't, you just can't go wrong. That's, and he's, 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 he's got it all in front of him and he will be one of the best managers without shouting years to come. I, I've got no hesitation in that.
3: I mean, talking to managers, I mean, I guess that season obviously started off so brilliant under, under Nigel. And then, yeah. obviously, he left. I mean, how... He, how yeah how big a blow was that for the players and obviously Steve Thompson stepping in and keeping the momentum going
0: it was it, it, a gaff Gaffer leaving was hard especially on me because you know I had, he, he, he had a soft spot for me but he had a team and you know, the players respected him and I think once you sell three of your best players behind and then losing Dane, but behind your behind your back he, he can't as much as he wants to stay there he, he can't stay he, you know what manager would stay there for that reason it's difficult for him to stay there because what else is going to happen? You know, for you know, he said, "Look, we don't want to sell these players." But they said, "So, what else is going to happen in the, in the in the long run?" So, he was always going to leave after that happened. And uh, you know, Thomas come in. Thomas was like backing staff. Thomas come in. You know, he played for United. He was loud, he was brash. But I have to say, I have to say for Thomas that he <clears throat> he didn't he didn't tinkle too much. He just he didn't tinkle too much. You know, he had to bring the players that you know he brought in, sort of thing. Who like you know Dean Saunders come, Desert come, Fordy come. You know, he, he was he was dealing the hand he was dealt. And I think he did the best of a bad situation because you know, by his own admission, he didn't want to be a manager. If he, if if Nigel Fattin could have stayed there, he would love to be in the position he was in. But it just he was he was dealt a bad. A, he wasn't dealt a bad hand that he had bad players. He was just dealt. Yeah. He knew he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a yes man, but he might as well have been a yes man in respect of you know the the hand he was dealt.
3: And he was but in a like, kind of no win situation, wasn't he? Like you say, inheriting it, with the it, start it, we'd made and everything.
0: Yeah, and he, you know. Because Sheffield cool United, first-team manager, caretaker manager, if you will, is a brilliant accolade on his CV, albeit for the wrong reasons, but, you know, and I think he did the best of, I think he did the best of a, Of a, I've got nothing against Tomo, I think he'd he come in, he, he dealt with a, the situation really well, the players liked him, there was no, there was no bullshit, you know, I think clips on YouTube, you know, of him in the change room, and that's exactly what it was like in a change room, you know, he, you know, he would swear, he'd cough, he'd you know, he'd do all sorts to get you up and going. But at the same time, he had that side that he would, if you needed talking to, you know, placid like he would, and you know, and he didn't tinkle too much. That's, that's what I will say. We You know, okay, we went from three five two to a couple of games to four four two, but that's through players. But he didn't over tinkle, you know. And I yeah. think he was, he was dealt a bad hand. That's that's what
1: I meant. He at got about. us to an FA Cup semi final. I mean, there's no taking that away, is there?
0: No, it is. No, absolutely not. That's what I'm saying, Joe. I just think he was, I, I like Tomo and he, he was, you know, he didn't single too much and he, I thought he'd done really, considering, I thought he was really good, considering, yeah. I've said that wrong on Twitter. I think, you know, I speak to him on Twitter. I think he's just, what he'd done was, was really, really good because he had some bad, you know, he had some, you know, in that late, like four months, he had some, we had some big games, you know, yeah. really yeah. big games. Yeah. Uh, the Southern Boat players, you know, the Reading, you know, the Reading game, I think Sandy scored last minute. He made a couple of changes. You know, he had Curtis coming through. Well, not coming through, but he had, was at the background. You know, so it's he had some big he had big decisions to make. You know, the, you know the Graham Stewart. You know, the, those sort of players they were there at the time as well. So he's I thought he'd done really well considering. You know? And some, you know, he had some big he had some big like Dean Saunders was a massive character in the change room. You know, and he had he had a, he was a brilliant character, but he had a massive character in the change rooms. You know, Graham Stewart Hutch was at the time. So you know, it's one of those. He I thought he'd done really well. To be fair to him. That's what
3: yeah. I definitely, yeah. So, I guess as part of that cup run, obviously, I think just before the cup run, you scored your first goal for United, mm-hmm. didn't you? Was it against Reading?
0: Yeah, it was actually, yeah. Yeah, it's the only what I can remember. It's the, um, it's the volley, actually. It's the, I think yeah. it was probably the sweetest ball I've ever hit, to be fair. Um, and, you know, I've got a ball and that was an unbelievable feeling as well. I think we, I think we we're 3-0 up anyway, so I don't yeah. think we keep it dry, to be honest with you. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> it was 4-0 and uh, yeah, it went in the back of net. It was probably, you know, I should never forget that goal. It was lovely. And that's the thing. Making my debut that season was obviously an achievement, and I always wanted to score. And, you know, I, Vaz was the one who did that as a wing back. I never got a chance to score, but, you know, I did cross a few. But, uh, but that was a lovely feeling to score, especially in front of the Cop as well, which is, a, you yeah. know, I know it comes penalty. But to actually score a goal in open play was, 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 you know, one of my dreams, if you will. And, you know, I was fortunate
3: enough to do so. so I guess moving on from that to the Coventry Cup game. Yeah. Um, what a night. <laughs> it was
0: yeah, what a night. I mean for me, well, I say for me, but for sure, I've seen the fans and the players, yeah, but for me personally because of what happened. I mean, I mean did you go did any of you guys go to the, the Highfield, yeah, yeah, Road?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now Highfield Road? Yeah. it's Highfield
4: Road, yeah. Yeah, I
0: mean, we were lucky the first half, but the second half I thought we were we were in it, you know, and then we got the goal, we had Marcelli score, we got the goal and we couldn't nick it at the end to be fair. I don't know what Pete was doing at the end, but we couldn't nick it at the end <laughs> <laughs> I saw a road. But it was didn't sure Yeah, he, got, yeah he, I, he,
1: took it, he
5: took it past the Grisovic and let the Grisovic get back on him, didn't it? it? I don't know how I don't know how we got I don't know how like you know it's
0: like a
1: see the Yeah, yeah. That's, another,
5: that's another story, but
0: no, but in my, I'm glad he never to be found. I'm glad you know he caught up. Yeah, no, no, sure. he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, it's I mean it was yeah, it was it was it was some night. I mean the atmosphere, you was at the game, you know, it was even from the, just, you could sometimes you walk up to a game, you turn, I drove to the game, obviously, I, like, I parked my parking space, and it was busy, it was a lot busier than most of the games I've been before, it's like, I totally remind me, I remember the first game of the season, it was that busy, but it was a night, a big night game, as you know, you've been many a time, big night game, and I remember getting a the car, and it was just something different about, it was just something different, I don't know what it was, it was something different, and the change room was really good, it was lively, and the warm-up was really good, really, like, quick, and, you know, Saying all that, we end up with a fucking stupid start with a, 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 re, a ridiculous goal. In Ned's defence, what I will say is, if you watch the goal, it does the ball does... We had a six-yard laid. The six-yard just got laid, relayed grass, and you see it pop at him. That's a um, daily
5: cut from Telfer from about 35 yards. Yeah,
0: but, what you, but if you ever look at the, the YouTube again, you'll see that the, the, the six-yard box is, is, is green, like a fresh green, because yeah. it had been relayed. So when he hit the ball... He's diving and it hits it and it pops kind of up. It up doesn't it? Yeah, it kicks up at him. So, yeah, if you see that, it kicks up at him. And uh, that, we had a crap start, but we was never out of the game from that on. You know, we, we was always in the game. And I remember, you know, even the ninety minutes. I mean, oh, I mean, we left it late, but you know, it was a corner. I think Mars, I don't know forty, Mars put the corner. And put it in. And uh, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, David Aldsworth will never score a goal like that ever again. I mean, if you tried that now or back then, <laughs> you you know. It would probably break his back, these sort of thing. It's a One in a million chance that's going to go in and, you know, it was an unbelievable finish. But in all that, what you don't see, what people don't watch, was Roger Nielsen won a brilliant header. A brilliant header, he won a brilliant <laughs> header. And it just fell to Virgin. Uh, and, um, and I think, honestly, I think that goal, I know we won on penalties in the end, but I think that goal really, really knocked the stuffing out of him. Because in extra time, I thought we were the only team going to win it. We had so many chances in that extra yeah. time to, to, to win it. Gaff, had a, I remember off the top of my head. Um I to out a chance in the top of my head and uh, we were unlucky and uh, and it was just, you know, the rest is history, we you know it went to it went to penalties. But um So go
1: going on walking the, up taking that penalty Wayne. <laughs> tell me,
0: did you know where yeah. it was going did what, what Well, true story. It's a true story, and I said it on I, I, I did a podcast not longer actually, it's a true story. And I didn't know take a penalty. Listen, Phil, I didn't know take a penalty. So we're going a circle now, I'm cramping up, we're all cramping up. And, I don't know, and I've got a brilliant picture upstairs, but I don't know if you know, it's obviously Dean Singles wasn't playing, and Graham Stewart wasn't, wasn't playing to a Cup tie at the time. And I remember, I remember Thomas. He, he, he didn't say who wants to take a penalty. He just went, you're one, you're two, you're three, you're four, and he went, Quinny, you're five. And I kind of looked at him like a little bit, what, what, I'm taking a penalty. And, and I, I, whether it would be experience or not, Dean Saunders come straight up to me and Graham Stewart well Dean Saunders firstly come up to me straight away and he literally put his hand on my neck literally did that and grabbed my neck and I was like getting a rub at the time with Stewart our physio went, where are you putting it In what is your penalty where are you putting your penalty and I you, it's deafening now it's deafening and I was like what Dean know what he says where, where the fuck are you putting your penalty and I went keepers left so I went right I didn't say hi I just went right keepers left my right and he literally squeezed now now He Went, if you fucking change your mind, I'll be fucking after you. I'm gonna knock you fucking clean out after the game. I swear you not. He said, you best change your. I, but in the meantime, he's squeezing my neck. And then because him and Graham Stewart are quite close, you got Graham Stewart now in front of me, literally saying, "You fucking listening to him? You best be listening to him. Don't change your mind." So I've got a pair of them now, like literally barking orders at me. You ain't changing your mind. So and, and that's that's a true story. So. So walk up to the penalty. So anyway, we know you know Ned's made ridiculous saves after save after save. Simon Howarth misses penalty and it's like, Quinny, you are up? If you you know, I can hear rumblings. If you miss with if you were in if you scroll with through with through and semi forward, but I could hear that. But the whole way walking up, I couldn't hear the crowd. All I can picture it and all I can think about and hear in my head is fucking Graham Stewart. I'm uh, not Graham Stewart. Dino going, you fucking miss. I'm gonna knock you out. I'll knock you if you miss. <laughs> find it. So. If anything, whether it's experience or not, if anything, it's a true story. I've said it to Curtis a long while back. As I'm walking up, I can hear nothing. All I can see is it's that. I'm looking at the ball thinking, not, not even don't miss. I'm thinking, don't change your mind. Don't change your mind. So I've placed the ball. It wasn't until I stepped back that I actually looked up and I saw a at goal. And I have to say, he was massive. I didn't realise how big he was. And But, again, yeah, but, <laughs> but I have to Look, I, if you ask me to hit a penalty, I, I can safely say, I know I missed one against Bolton, I think it was, but I've taken some down here and I've hit some penalties down here in training. But I honestly don't think I've hit a ball, less, especially from a penalty spot, as sweet as I did. I mean, he dived the right way, but I went, if anybody said to me, oh, Did you go for the stance? I'm going to go, Yeah, yeah, I went for the stance. <laughs> Look, I went down it. I just didn't want to go. Do you understand? Know I'm, I'm glad I never, you know, obviously I'm glad I scored, but even if I missed, but that side, I still wouldn't have got a slap, so it would have been all right. Does that make sense? But you know, you know, but the rest is history. But obviously, fortunately for me, you know, you know, I've scored. I've gone, you know, I've gone the right way. You know, you know, I put it where I wanted to put it. I've gone high. We're through to semi-final. I didn't have to celebrate. The celebration is terrible, taking my shirt off. You know, but it's a night on. It's a night. Honestly, yeah, you get your highlights in your career. You know, and that was without doubt my debut was one. But that is got is up there because I think just because of. Not that it was that I scored the penalty, but I think it was just a brilliant night for Sheffield and I, the fans, it was a brilliant night for the fans, the, the place was rocking. And I just think during the course of that season with what happened with the players leaving, we had like a semi-final in the FA Cup to look forward to. It was just something to we could all relate to that even that's all that shit that bollocks has happened there. But look, you know, we're in a semi-final of the FA Cup and, and to score the and penalty, you know, penalty, you know, it's a little bit special to be fair, but... No, taking nothing away from Roger and Bobby Ford because their 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 penalties was his penalties were unbelievable, you know. So it's you know, um, and I think Pierre Couture's. I think his ball's still fucking going somewhere. That fucker, but it's just uh, <laughs> but, um, no, and Roger had a great ball, you know. So it's no, I was, it, that night was special. And true story, the next day I was not many people knew this, but I was in for a contract extension or a, a contract being talked about. So I've gone in the next day now to see to see um the Gap, well, chief executive at the time, and I was going in there. Just scoring the penalties, thinking of alcohol because I, you know, we went to Europe the night after. Well, that night blind though, like so. the to, to, to um, when I, I signed a three-year contract the day after that. But we've gone in there like, like this sort of thing, you know, shaking iron sort of thing. So it was a, uh, it was a good, it was a good couple of days for me, put it that way. <laughs>
5: well, I, I think I had a fiver on Roger Nielsen for the first goal scorer for about a season and a half. Well, yeah, we, we got up to about forty to one. Never scored, yeah, hit no. some cork, and that's the only time you ever. Yeah. Yeah, put the ball and in. The day day day. Day. I, and, and it's a great
0: bet because when he hit a ball, you know, man, did he hit a ball? He, he could hit a ball, ball.
4: Yeah. ball, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. like, like Try Delos. I've never seen anybody hit a ball other than Try Delos. I don't know. He, when he hit it, it flew, And you're never going to, I don't care who you are, you were never stopping it, ever. Yeah. That good, like, you
1: know? goal owned to Portsmouth in front of the cop.
0: Oh, that was, I, I think it was on Twitter, somebody mentioned it on Twitter, and I, and I, I think I did put Portsmouth, I'm sure, it's, and I thought it was Portsmouth, and I, I was, I was like, he was there and I was like met just beside him and he's hit it and before he, it's like a table you're like that wow and you just, as soon as he hit it you thought if that's on target I don't care who you are you ain't saving it and you know it's, it, was, it was unbelievable it was a brilliant night for me a brilliant day and you know then the semi-final was like you know, it was one of those it was just it was a great I, I just think it was a great a great night for, for the club in general after the after like the, the turmoil of like that month two month that we had you know
1: it, you said it was a good night for you. Obviously, it's a good night for you for scoring a penalty and getting your contract the next day. But yeah, is that about when you started getting England recognition as well? About that
0: yeah, time? well, I yeah, well, I I know Nigel Spelman and Glen Hoddle were like were, were were good friends, and I knew I knew um, I knew like the gaffer like at the time. But it was before that. It was in um, it was in it was I think it was in October or I played up four or five, I played three or four or five games for Sheffield United um that season early doors in September October and um. I I think I got invited, I had let her, like a letter come through and it was um it was Caroline and the uh, in the the who's the PR probably officer if you will. And she come and um she uh she said, Look, you called in England twenty ones and that was when I went, I went to England twenty one under twenty ones and that was in that was against Moldova it was my first my first call up at Wickham as it funny enough. Um yeah, Wickham and uh it was with uh, Bishop and Abbey but that's when I started getting recognition was after five games of being with Sheffield United at wing back was like Glenn Hoddle like again he liked 3-5-2 so I think there weren't many players especially in the Premier, well, yeah, the Premiership there weren't many players who, or many teams that played wing backs but we were one of them and flying high um, and so he he kind of I went down to 21s at first and true story we went down to 21s and you know I've, I've just worked in the first year I'm meeting Paul McGrath you know Brian Dean who I thought are a massive massive players and my first, I turned up at uh, England 21's with Jamie Cargo Reef, and people like that and you know, they played the premiership you see them on TV sort of thing and they were massive but my first ever training session was on the Monday morning so we travelled after, after the Saturday we showed up on the Sunday we, we tra- my first training session was on the Monday and it was Peter Taylor's come in and say right now we drove to Wickham uh, Wonders training uh, main pitch we have got there and we were playing in England's senior team so my first training session for the England 21 in the three five two because they were playing Moldova, Moldova was, um, was literally a full-on 11-11 on the pitch and I started at wing-back on the pitch against the England senior team. That was my first training session. So I, we've turned up now. We're out like, warming up. Then you, I, 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 Honestly, Matt, I'm here now and I shit you not again. At the time, they were playing 4-4. Four, four, they wanted to go a try with 4-4-2 four, because four, Moldova had played four, four, two. So you had So uh, you had David Seaman in goal. You had Gary Neville right back. David Beckham right midfield and I'm playing wing back against two of fully, if not one of the best right sided ever you had Alan Shear with Les Fernand up not even right up front you had Paul Gascoigne and Paul Linton in midfield Darren Anthony on the left and at the back was Tony Adams um, Sol Campbell and I think
4: was it Stuart Pearce no it was Stuart Pearce
1: he was left back I think he was left back was so maybe
0: so Graham so, Gramerson so my first training session <laughs> I was shit. Well, in fact, I didn't think I touched a ball. I just all I was doing was just like chasing and Gary Neville and David Beckham around, you know. And it's but I, that's how far I come in two months that I've gone from making my debut with Sheffield United, and in five games, albeit a, albeit a training session, not just like amongst the England Twenty One players, you know. Our first, our, my first training session was forty five minutes against England's best eleven players, if you will, in what England have got. You know, after forty five minutes, we, you know, I went off and. I did some shooting, what have you, or some defending, what have you. But that was my first introduction to England 21s, was, was a full 11 v 11 against probably England's best, best team sort of thing, you know. And then we won Moldova, then we flew out to Italy in a, in, a, in a game out in Italy. And that's, yeah, we flew out to Italy um, uh, against, yeah, we beat Italy. And I've got Totty, Frank, I've got Frank you know, Totty's, I've got his shirt over here, as it goes. I've got his shirt over yeah, here. Sorry, I swapped shirts with. At the time, we didn't know what the player was going to be, but I've got a shirt number nine. But we went to there. That's when England. I do remember England got a nil-nil out there when Paul Ince's got the band, bandage on his head with all blood around it. We
4: yeah. went and
0: watched. Yeah, we went and watched that in San Siro on the Saturday because we played on the Friday. We watched Kieran Dyer score the goal. Um, I played. I started that game. Played ninety minutes. Done really well. Um, and then that's when I got the England B recognition three-three-five-two. You know, and uh, and that's a night I won't forget because that are some unbelievable players. Especially the week, the the week I had training with them boys was like wow, like just it blew my mind. Like that, just it just blew my mind how good they were. Like you know, and uh yeah, and I was you know I done really well. I started there, which was good. Um Started I'm there, Russia, right?
1: That's Leticia Hattrick.
0: yeah, Russia, yeah, Leticia. Hatrick, yeah. Um, <sighs> frightening player. Um, but you, sorry, what he's doing in training? Like you know, it, you know England B, like you know, but the front, even now, like I was playing wing back and. Trevor Sinclair was playing the other wing back, which is mental. And up front you had like you had Letizia, Les Ferdinand, Nick Barnby and Darren Anderson. You know, think it's four of like four of, like unbelievable players. And you know, I'm getting the ball in training and I'm shooting, I'm crossing for you know, Les Ferdinand. You know, I'm crossing for Letitia. I'm thinking we you know it kind of but I just felt I belonged at the time. I felt I belonged there, I was doing well. You know, I rear Fernand, Jamie Carragher, Ian Walker was in goal, you know, and with some really good players playing for us and and I'd say I started that game, um, done really well, you know, done really well. And then there was a the final call up before the England squad was announced for the 98 World Cup. And well, I actually got into, not in the squad, but I got in at Bishop's Addy. What they always do, they have like a 32, 33 man yes. players go down for a final training session. And I got invited to go and to be part of that final training session. But as it was, I got injured. So I couldn't go. But I would have been selected for the World. I'm not saying I would have been selected for the World Cup squad, but what? But I was invited to go and train and have like two weeks training with them to just prepare the 28 players that were going to be picked. But I was just an extra, if that makes sense. You for making numbers up for like you know crossing for for pinion balls low high for two for strikers. But I was going to be used for and I think for future for future reference possibly, you know. But uh, but that was it. Never happened, but i still got the, the you know the the the, the, the folder the, the sheets they give you at the time to see the number of players you know but I was originally was not going to be a part of that thirty three man squad so
3: you played that good. down a, you play that down a bit that way but come on that you're in the top yeah. thirty five players in the country really yeah. that's, that's got a you know
0: yeah that, yeah it's just yeah you know, I was flying high there but it was, yeah it was uh, it was good it was, it, I got injured but it was it was good it was, it, it, it was a stepping stone but it, believe it or not but the England B and you know something some I said at England B just playing in that and that sort of that, that level and I know but just to train with them would have been lovely. You know, it's honestly I say it just a train with them would have been fantastic. But um it was just it was nice to have my name in that circle if that makes sense to you and um it never prevailed sort of thing but it was just it's nice to have my name. I could see it on a piece of paper to say look is my is my son to show my son that you know I did have a couple of England caps, I've got my blue one. I think my red one, my England B cap is in the Sheffield United Museum at the time on my shirt. It's still there now because John G asked it off me so it was nice to, you know, I, I had a bit of recognition, and that was
4: that, that was good, like you
2: know. Absolutely. <clears throat> so after that season, then uh, I don't think we need to talk about Adrian yeah. Heath very
0: much. Strange one, absolute strange one, mate.
1: He's, he's, can, I, can I just interject with something before Heath came in? You had Steve Bruce before, and I missed this at the time, but yeah. um, I noticed the other day the game at Arsenal. Where we walked off after, the yeah,
0: game. I've got a brilliant. Was actually, my WhatsApp picture, believe it or not, it's um, it's uh, it's that was, that was again, that was a funny game. We've gone there, you know, we was in the game that, and they, had some, they were like, I don't, you know, the team that Hot Henry Burk, they were just the invincible team. They were unbelievable, but we was done really well against them. We sat really well. I'm in a luminous yellow green, whatever kit you like. Some people hate it. I didn't mind it. Full house at hybrid. I never forget it. You know, I, I think I, I think Sandy kicked the ball. I might be done injured. I think Sandy kicked the ball out. It was
4: Lee Morris. It was out. It, was, it was
0: Lee Morris. Somebody, somebody kicked. I don't know who kicked the ball out. And uh, kicked the ball out and, uh, within a flash, literally a flash. You know, it was one all at a time within a flash. And yeah, it just, it just, it was the ball. I think Ray, somebody threw the ball down the line, over crossed it. Can you score, sort of thing? And we were all good mental. We got pictures of it all good mental. And it got a bit heated. It got a bit serious, like because. <laughs> Obviously, one, it wouldn't, you know, he's pretending can kind canoe. Of pretend I don't speak English. I don't understand the rules, and you know. But we thought it's common knowledge with, 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 with football. You know, it's not a rule, but it's like common sense, and it's like a, it's good professionalism sort of thing. And but Steve Bruce, I have to say, on the sidelines, Phil was going mental. It, he was the one. He was like every player, all of us. Quinny, I was closest to the side that side. Quinnie, Sandy, Desert, you know, Desert, get off, Curtis, no, Dino, fucking get off, grantless he was adamant. He wanted the players off. He was adamant. No, get the players off, get the players off. And it was it was a backroom staff and like John an assistant referee at the time said, Look, Steve, you can't do it. Your club will get in trouble. your club will get in trouble. You won't, well you will, but your club, your players will get in trouble, you get in trouble. And it Bruce he kinda of like threw he didn't throw the dummy out. We were feeling aggrieved as players because we thought we didn't deserve it. We worked really hard. I don't even know what minute they scored in. I can't remember what minute they scored in, but the second goal. But we worked really hard and we thought, you know, we got a chance here having a, having a, having a replay um, and we just felt a bit undone by so the, the game sort of fizzled out but as it was but Bruce was really adamant wanted us off but he got calmed down we stayed on and played the game I think Arsenal took their foot off the pedal as well because I think they were embarrassed after all I honestly think they were embarrassed with the situation Um, you know because you got like
5: there to talk of like Arsenal letting you just walk the ball into the net to make oh, it 2-2 two, two. Well that's what
0: Steve Bruce was saying as well and I think John Dean was his assistant manager so he was saying like you know we'll just and let us score, then let us score 2 All if it stays 2 all you come back to our place. And yeah, I think at the time, I think Tony Adams, you know, Ray Parler, I think Nigel Winterburn, Lee Dixon. Honestly, I think they were they're just the warriors, the defenders. I think they were too proud they're saying, Look, we can let you score now. Nah, we're not letting you score, you know, because they were just they were that good, you know, they're, they're good defenders. And they said we are gonna let you score. And I think likes like, so like Burkamp, Henry, um, Lundberg, it was a ridiculous, um, Perez. I honestly think they were embarrassed. So, I think. When they could have scored, they probably chose not to. I mean, weird when I say that, but that's it. Kind of the game just it, it just fizzled out, you know. And um,
3: I was on the away end that day, Wayne. And it, you're right; it just it, it just fizzled out. But I remember coming yeah. out the ground at the end, just going, "This can't, this this just can't happen. This just cannot well, happen." And so you're the, right; it, was, it,
0: it just fizzled out. Sorry, but it, I'm saying going back to Steve Bruce, but I remember he was still ranting and raving. But going back down into into the dugout now, I, I, I don't know if you, I'm not saying you will love or not trying to be ignorant, but I don't know if you've ever been that to Ivory Tunnel, but you've seen on TV But bit. Funny enough, I don't think we
2: have any you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah, want to be I like... We've
0: running a big game
5: <laughs> at Ivory, but it, it was a long time ago, so... It's really,
0: it's really narrow, it's really narrow, and the change room, as you get, it's like the old school, as you get down, it's like, there's the away change room, a hundred room, and there's the away, like, really a door, that's separate, you know, in a tunnel, and it was, it was going mental, like throwing things in the away change room, and that's when I think after the, you know, you said, you've got to have a fucking replay, you know, should be back at our place, and I think what he did was, I think what what Aston winger come out literally in the interview and said, "Look, it shouldn't stand. Our players apologetic, We'll have a, look. We don't want to go through through like this. You know, we'll have a we'll have a, we'll have a replay back at our place. And okay, we we did we went back their place sort of thing, but I think we're a little aggrieved because we think we did enough perhaps to to have the replay back at. Yeah. Back at the
1: main sort of thing, in you know, his fans as well. We, yeah. uh, I've always felt that. Yeah, fair fair play. They they played the game
3: again, but it should have been a draw yeah. round. It was yeah, it was it was a, it, it it a cute. It. It. it was cute from Wenger, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, looking like looking really magnanimous, but in actual yeah. and fact and as, and as
0: players, I think as players, that's what I think. As players, that's what um, we felt as well. Like what you felt as players, we. It's not easy placing it to hybrid let alone like to score a goal. You know, we we managed to score a goal. But it was all no look. We it was under the cosh a lot but we had our own sort of thing and then you know it's just it, it, it's one of those that we just felt aggrieved that we thought all that hard work like you guys fans we would like come back to our place at least you can do this but it never happened and you know we, we, oh, we lost on the, on the replay but you know no, I, think it. It. I, yeah, I think the fans are quite sympathetic with it you know sort of thing and you know so it's you know in in, in, in hindsight but you know we, we had some big games you know and that was one of them right there it was in Sorry, the top John, ten
1: I of the. To a conversation about Warnock then, John, didn't I? I kind of went back on it. So, what, what were you saying? Well, about
2: I'll, I'll, now we're talking about Bruce. What was he like? Because he's he divides quite a bit of opinion in football generally. I
0: think because... he, he's yeah, he's very like he's very opinionated. Um, he was he was right he was, he was right with me. We up football too a lot. Um, he was right to me. He was he was typical. It was his way the highway, which you need as a as a manager. But I always said about Bruce that I found it a little bit. I don't think you could ever speak to him. You know, if you had a problem, if you was not yeah. was dropped or you couldn't play, I just, I just think you know, Gaffer, you know, perhaps we. I just think you couldn't have an opinion. That's that's what I. I just don't think it was his way or it was the high way, you know. And um, I just found him difficult to talk to, you know. Listen, he was he's a man like a legend. He's a hell of a player. I will say this: so I in mean, training every Friday, we always did old be young, and he would always be an old team. but Without doubt, he was the best player on the pitch. He was unbelievable. It was so even then, he was he was that good. Like you could see. Yeah, Steve, honestly, he was, he, I'd speak to, Curse was part of it then, he was around then. Curse, speak to any players who, who was with us then, he, he was that good. He only played on a Friday, only five a side, but he was... But he was
1: still been player-manager then, only. Yeah,
0: he was. He was, well, was player-manager, yeah, yeah, player yeah, but he didn't play as much, but his um, pace let him down. So It wasn't like a, not being disrespectful to Steve Bruce, but it wasn't like a Paul McGrath, 37, 38, like a Rolls-Royce. You know, he had to work hard, you know. And, um, and he put a bit of timber on. To be fair to Bruce, but he's, uh, he's but he's, um, Which is you know, but, yeah. But he was—he was a really good five-a-side player. But he, like I said, Bruce was. Bruce was—he he was. I find him right, but I just find him. He just—I think where he come from and where he played—it was, he that was on his name. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to be horrible, degrade or debase yeah. him here. I thought I'm not. I just find it—it just find it. I just find, it, I just find him difficult to talk to. And I think a lot of players thought that, you know. And I think that's it could it could leave you of the opinion like, well. Fuck you, like you know. I, I don't want to play for you. I'm not saying we didn't do that, but I'm saying, but he could, it could differ on that opinion that you could, you could. It would, it'd be easy to say that. Does that make sense? You know.
4: Yeah, Robbie
5: Blake said as much. I've listened to Robbie Blake's under the cost this week, and he says as much when he played for him at Birmingham. He, yeah. he kind of says the same sort of thing, really. Yeah,
0: he's just very opinionated, you know. And you know, then like, obviously other than like the Gaffer coming, I could say I call Gavin Warnock and then you, you
1: know? went to Warnock. <laughs>
0: I, I, but a breath of fresh air because at the time we were struggling and we needed somebody to come in who literally takes no shit. And uh, I mean, the first, the first, <laughs> the first we had. I mean, I think Carlo and John Gleeson were a kickman at the time. And he, uh, we was training that. I think it was Abidane at the time. I
4: think was we training at, I think it was, yeah. was yeah. Avi been Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah, would have Dan and uh, he's come in and we, would, you know, we knew all of show and everything. <laughs> Our first trainer says she need to come in and he literally, you know, right lads, and it is looked like right lads, right. He is like. Like social, all right, lads. I'm fucking here now. Now, John, give them their fucking shin pads. We're on a full-on fucking game, and that's exactly what happened. He says, "I'm taking no shit. I want to see the men from the boys. Um, I don't give a fuck if you can play or you can't play. I want a team that's going to go out and kick every fucker that's going and literally die for me." And but we but we need but but sounds silly, but we needed that. We we were strong. I remember it was on a field, and the best of it is, I don't know if Curtis in his book or or book, or you spoke to any players, but that Friday it was a Friday he come in as well if we had Portsmouth at home on the Saturday and it was Friday it was a Friday and he'd come in and usually Fridays like you know a, a walk through like set pieces and like you know walk around with a coffee in your hand like set pieces don't even kick a ball get changed a bit of lunch and go home but that Friday he'd come in and it was a full on kit like a training kit shin pads socks rolled up and you think lemon aside, kicking each other but it wasn't it was it was like a, like a 30 by four goals, but 30 by 30. So 22 players, really in dense in an area. You know, I could do that and touch somebody that's that enclosed. And he says, well, if I see anybody holding back, there's a week's fine. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, you had the likes of, at a time, you're we like Paul Devlin, is a fucking lunatic. He was going around on a Friday, kicking everybody, like kicking everybody, like sweating. I remember it being raining, it was raining as well. So it was muddy, it was, it was just fucking awful. But if you didn't tackle, you had a Desert like John Derry, like a really good friend of mine. But he was an idiot. He like he, you know he bided with everybody, but he was like on a full on. You know he had like you know he had likes of the foreigners at the time. I think Bruno Rivera or something like that. At the time I was there going like uh, Gaffer, Gaffer, uh, what what is? You could look around thinking what is going on, sort of thing, you know. And, but as it, well, it
5: worked, we went out and beat. I think I think we won one nil. I think one nil. Devlin yeah. scored. Michael yeah, Brown
4: yeah,
1: played for yeah. Portsmouth that day as well.
5: Yeah, Brown yeah, yeah, Portsmouth. I think yeah. Devlin had about forty yards at the ball and scored. Yeah, he did. Well, I was, and Dev could, and uh, I would yeah, and, uh, Walnut coming in and
0: give people a new lease of life and Dev was definitely one of them and i you know like I said in, uh, and uh, Brown is a good player but Walnut like, come in and did that and I just think you needed you know he was, Gaffer was really good he was if he was honest with Gaffer if you try for, for him like Neil Warnock he'd, he'd love you do you know what I mean he would love you he, and he's not lying when he says he has his favourites he had his favourites Fordy was a favourite of his Bobby Ford Bobby Ford was a favourite when Brownie come he loved Brownie when he come you know he loved Curtis when he come you know Oh, when Booker was coming through, you know, Sean Murphy, people like that, he, he had his favourites, you know, we, but he never, he never denied it. You know, he'd love a trip out, you know, we come, you know, I'm from, it was good for me as well because we used to go Scarborough, you know, and you know what you got with him, you know, if you just try for if you try for Neil Warner, he would love you, you know, I mean, to a point I'd never have a word to get said against him because my local club, Hale, they built a, a new ground through a grant. And I said, just, just curiosity, because I know that time Neil would always come to Plymouth, he loved, because he lived in Launceston, he always comes to Plymouth on a pre-season. You know, other teams are going like Australia, in Dubai, wherever you know, America. You know, he, he would come to Cornwall. But um, as it was, I didn't mind because well, when I lived, you know, I got a chance to go home. I could stay at home and see my family and go training and, and play games down here. And we actually opened up Hale uh, Hale Football Club down here. And the wall, my shirt's still on the wall up there now. And you know, and the shirt that I wore that game still up on the shirt on the wall now. And it's you know, uh, I got fond memories of it when I go back to Hale because. You know, I took. Not many people can say that they took. You know, a first team. A, you know, a first. You know, a time at first division championship at the time. A, a Premiership, stroke professional football club to their home, their home, their home ground in Cornwall, and I did that. You know, and uh, and you know he didn't hold back as well. With the gaffer, so I said. He said, you know, what's what would it be like? And I said the pitch would be good. And you know, and he bought a his you know, A list team sort of thing. He brought you know proper proper players with him. Bentley played at the time. You know, and. You know, myself, uh, Keith Curl played. So he did bring his, his you know, he's true to his words, you know. And so if you're honest with the gaffer, he's, he's definitely honest with you. And, you know, I, I really enjoy playing for him. I, you know, and I think a lot of players would say that. They will not have anything bad against him, you know.
1: You don't get many players say bad words about Walnut. You've just reminded me of something though, by the way. Were you yeah. were you there on a pre-season thing when Benton Devlin fell out?
0: No, but I was. No, no, but I've got some stories about, yeah, no, no, I wasn't there then. <coughs> but I was on a plane at 35,000 feet going to Trinidad Tobago where, honestly, I thought Deb was going gonna... to... Yeah, I thought that was a funny trip. Well, I thought Deb was going to rip, rip Brownie's head off. Uh, I don't know how he I don't know how Deb never opened the door and threw Brownie out. That is how serious he was about <laughs> doing it. No. Dev, with a drink on board and to his own admission, was an absolute absolute pain he was dead with drink it was just a pain like he was a nightmare he was, he was a fight I love Dev I have to say that I love Dev I still speak to him on Twitter we have conversations and he's a character and you know and I was always I think I got close to Dev because then, any then sort of eleven side in training or five of sides or, or seven a sides if you will or like attack v defense I was left back and Dev was right winger so it'd always be kicking the shit at, oh. it'd, always, it'd always be he'd always be kicking the shit out of me or he'd always be, you know, doing stupid stuff and um, and I got really close to Dev. But on a plane, we had a few beers in the hotel and mind you, we was flying with British Indian Airlines and well, to a point where me and Brownie literally could get Neil Warnock said, You gotta split Dev up, you've got to split Brownie up. And I mean he's been to he's been to I, mean, I was quite a senior player at times Grinnies is Quinny's Dev, you've got to split him up. You, you Trace, I said Simon Tracy, Lee Sanford, he said, Sandy, you know they got, you know Reg you you have got to split him up, you know. The captain, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna fuck it. <laughs> Gaffer's, like, no. the
5: plane's full of
0: people, by the way, as well, not just us. He's got. You got to split him up. He's gonna fucking kill him. He's gonna kill Brownie. So Dev had to get handcuffed. Dev got handcuffed the last four hours of the plane, I put in the toilet. And me and Brownie, Brownie, and Gaffer said to the the, the, the the one of the stewardess, look, we have got to get rid of him. If he sees him, if he sees him, he's gonna kill him. So Brownie went in the um went in the cockpit. Before, the last four, three hours of the, 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 the <laughs> brownie went in the cockpit. But the best of it is, I was in the. I was sat, next to, I happened to be sat next to Browny brownie. So I was shit myself thinking, fuck me, if Dev swings for brownie, I'm going to get hit. Because I, it was Dev, it was brownie, it was brownie, me. We had the, the five in the middle. It was brownie, me, Curtis was next to me, Um, Benny was there. I can't remember the other two there. But anyway, so I thought, if he fucking swings for brownie, he's the love to fucking hit me here. So I was like, so when he said, does anyone want to go with Brownie? I was like, yeah, I'll go straight. Up. My hand was up. I was gone. I was in the cockpit. So me and Brownie now, we had the best seats in the fucking house. We was in the cockpit, talking to the captains on the jump seat, Landed at uh, St. Lucia to pick up people, taking off. You know, I've never been in a 747, like, big jumbo jet before in a, in a, in a play. So we're, we're taking off, landing up. Rob's well, sobering up. Brownie's sobering up. And, <laughs> and, and then we've landed at uh, Trinidad Bay Tobago, and then we've got off. And there's police, there's police cars waiting, at the, and we had to meet all the dignitaries from Tobago, uh, from Trinidad and Tobago, like red carpet, you know. We we've all got the, you know, an half cup. We all pisses scoots trying to find this. Me and all these like dignitaries, but you got <laughs> you got back of the plane, you got the back of the plane now. You got police cars there, the police riot band sort of thing. You have got Deb being handcuffed. I'm shuffling up with a shuffling like tracksuit on, being handcuffed, taken into the police custody until the plane refueled to go back to England. So he literally flew nine hours to Trinidad and Tobago. Waited four hours in Trinidad, got back on the same plane and flew eight nine hours back to England. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, that is, it is, it's fucking, it was carnage. That was that, that trip was absolute. That trip was yeah, that trip was that was carnage. Brilliant trip for all the wrong reasons, but it was. There's some funny stories. I know you've read curses, but there's some funny stories on that on that trip. But it was, uh, no, it's, but yeah, Dave was um, Dave was brilliant, but like Gaffer loved him like not Neil. Warren, you know. Never find him. Never did anything, sort of thing. But he, Gaffer absolutely loved him, man. Like, you know, just loved him. And he was—he was, he was just—he was a life and soul of a change. We preferred Devlin. Was like you know, taking shit. But he
5: was—I always liked Devlin as a player. I always thought he was great,
0: proper winger, yeah, proper winger, dev, proper, yeah. ringer, proper. He loved loved to tackle. Worked hard. Could cross could score. Could give it. Could take it. He yeah. was just an out and out old school battering ram of a winger. And the thing was, a dev, but I hated him trained training because I knew he'd never pass it. As soon as he got the ball he's going to run at me and it, like in games as soon as he got the ball he never thought twice he never thought I'm going to run he literally went I'm off and you know and be fair like he did sort of thing that's exactly what he did like you know and um, you know that's, that's exactly what he did sort of thing so um, no but I, I loved him I loved him as a player like you know.
2: so um, obviously you know your United career came to an end when you went up to the yeah. um yeah. it, was is- weird, it was a weird one yeah Sorry, it was did it, was it, No, trans- it was a weird one. Young, obviously, tra- transfers now sometimes, they often, yeah, you know, yeah. they do not noted for a while before they yeah. do. Honestly, Jonathan, I didn't I know nothing about it. Literally, it's out of the
0: blue. It was a case of... I played... Oh, sorry. I played... Um, hold on, I'm just going to... Oh, sorry, let me just... Move, set it, sorry. I'm just going to charge my battery. On, it, I'm going to charge
4: my I'm just to look over right
0: here, behind the wall here. <laughs> just charge my battery. Um, It was a weird one, because... Well, sorry. Let me get face it. Oh, there you go. Here's yeah, a weird one because I um I played the Saturday and then I come back where did I come back um and the gaffer just pulled me. I trained, actually, I trained that morning, and the gaffer pulled me in and he walked, sorry, pulled me in, he pulled me in, and he went, "Uh, Quinny, Bobby Robson's been on the phone. Would you like to go to 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 Newcastle alone?" And I was like, Newcastle. Like, it was literally as random as that. I said Newcastle, and he was like, "Yeah, they um Didier Drogba got injured, Cole Sarr got injured, and they were struggling for 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 a left back and looking around, and he says, uh, you know." I'm happy. I've got cover. Um, he says, "You know, if you want to go, then it'd be a great experience for you to go." Sort of thing. So, and that's exactly how it came about. So, I can't remember. If that was on a Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. I think it was on a Wednesday. And then I end up so "Okay." So, I drove to Newcastle. I met, but on the th- so I drove to Newcastle hotel on the Thursday. I met uh, Bobby Robson and all the players that were there at the time. Um, I was shitting myself. I have to be honest. I went there and met him, and um, and then that was it. Then I he sent the gaffer. The first thing Bobby Robson said to me straight away when. How are you, son? I says, yeah, says, you fit. I, went, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm fit. And he literally just said, right. He says, you're starting Saturday. And I went, oh right, okay. And that was it literally that's how it came about. I said, you're starting Saturday. We're commentary, commentary at home. Which is a bit different to what you're expecting. There's fifty-two thousand people. They'll be fanatical, but they're, you know, they'll be on you. They'll, they'll be out. if you if you try, they'll love you, sort of thing. And that, and that was that's how it came about. Newcastle It
5: was just so random. And then, Warnock, I did Warn up to Robson's got to be a, a bit of a. Yeah. That's a bit of a change in a change well, of pace, isn't it?
0: Really? Well, <laughs> well, I never put it. I never, I never. Heard Bob Lawson raise his voice. That's for definite. Um, but no, but it was it was placid, and he just talked. used was. Just, I suppose it's a different. And I don't want to be disrespectful to the players I was playing with, but it's, I suppose it's a different level of of the players you're managing. And I'm not trying to be horrible when I say that, but who you manage, who you're managing, I suppose you got to be a little bit different, you know. And you um, your your type of manager that you are, you, you you react and you talk about different players as they are, and you know and um, and I went there. and I said to you, the first game we 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 I trained on the Thursday. The quality was, it was really good. Um, I did a lot of we did a lot of crossing, as you expect. Friday was a walk through, and then you know it's a little bit the game was a little bit different than to, to, to Sheffield because we'd just turn up at the game in Sheffield, but you know, we would drive to the grounds ourselves. But we never did that in Newcastle. We we stayed in um, uh, the Copthorne on the quayside side. We stayed in the Copthorne on the Friday night on home games. On the Friday night, we'd have breakfast, then we'd have um, pre-match in the hotel, then the actual team bus would come and get us from, we'd come and get us at the hotel and we got the team bus and then the actual coach would go only half a mile, no, a mile maybe, just to the ground and we'd get off the ground, like, like an away team, as <laughs> stupid as it sounds, we'd go, and we'd get off the bus like a, 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 like an away team and uh, that's what we did, you know, and, um, uh, uh, but it was just, it was an experience, you know, it was an, it was an experience that was, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. No, it,
5: was, it was just, who was in that Newcastle side then? Is that, is that- um,
0: yeah, Shake Given. Shake Given was uh Shake was in Shake Gibbon was in goal, um <clears throat> Shake Gibbons in goal, Warren Barton, I'm talking to the players that we know, Warren Barton, uh Kieran Dyer, I was left back, Kevin Gallagher, um, Cole Court, Shola. Rob, Gary Speed, um, Clarence Kuna. um mm-hmm. Top of Men. I can't think uh, anyone else? I'm missing somebody, I don't know. Oh Nobby Solano, what a player, Nobby Solano, um yeah so we had um yeah so i had a, i had like you know some some my players you know that that was my first game 131 and believe it or not i was marking craig bellamy i did really well against and, and i did really well for the rest of the remainder of that season i played i played every game for the remainder of that season you know um i think you know i played every game for the remainder of that season it wasn't long anyway I played every game yeah the remainder of the season then and then that, that was it really because like my newcast not correct i stayed for another two years but but it was they made a big signing in Laurent Robert, the French lad. Um, mm-hmm. And he was a left winger and they had um, they had Olivier Bernard who was a French, also French, at left back who was coming through young, powerful, strong um, and he did really well pre-season. So I started off, I played in the Intertoto, um, played every game again the pre-season, played a game in Intertoto, scored in Europe, if you will, <clears throat> against and then um, and then it was and then it was um, they made the sign which they talked about through pre-season and then I kind of took over Olivier played and that was it really you know um, and i got to be honest my knees were starting to hurt a little bit um, I wasn't I, I wasn't I, don't think I, was, I just don't think I was good that, my honest opinion is I just don't think I was to be successful I just think to play League like 7 out of 10 every week I don't think I was I played the Premiership. I finished that season, but I don't think for where they wanted to be and the standard that they wanted to be at, you know, um, and the caliber of players they were bringing in, like Bella's come that year. You know, I just think it was, I don't think I was high enough. I don't think I was a good enough caliber player to, to play that team in that team, that season where they finished um, um, fourth, I think, yeah, finished fourth. I think it was, they finished fourth. I just don't think I was that, that higher caliber player. I wasn't, I don't think I was good enough. And that's, that, you know, that's, that's my honest opinion. I just don't think I was good enough, you know. And I still trained with the first team. I was still ran the first team. I played. The gaffer never, he never like disrespected me. I didn't play reserve games. I might have played a game behind closed doors, like four or five of us who were like first team. We played like, over hundred over hundred league games, but we were never, never, we never. He never took the piss out of us. He never, he never embarrassed us like that. I played a couple of reserve games, but never week in, week out. Um he was really good, like I was a brilliant. man manager was uh, Bob Wilson and he was just—he was just a nice, nice person, and you know. And I still am around the team. I'm actually playing the Champions League qualifier for ten minutes, which I can say I've done it. Um, I come on for I come on for Laura as it was. Um, but I was just it never quite worked in Newcastle because I honestly think I just I wasn't good enough. That's 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 my opinion, mate. That's well, yeah, that's Ryan's opinion.
1: Uh, I've got a, a question I was going to ask a little bit later on, but it seems kind of relevant to ask it now. So that's a. Quite a big thing for a footballer to say. So I think you have to mm-hmm. have quite a lot of self confidence to be.
0: A yeah, yeah, be I know. Sure I, I, I just, but honestly, I, I train. I could train with them. I just, I just don't think. I, I, I train with them. But I've never. I'm not saying that I play. I, you would never know if we did eleven of eleven. I, 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 I own my own with them. Not, not a problem. I just don't think. My honest opinion is, uh, and I knew that as my honest opinion. I don't think I was good enough. I could have played for Newcastle United if they wanted to be. Not fighting relegation, but if it was to be in a mid-table, but they didn't want to be that. You know, Boberson didn't want to be that player. He was signing big players, sort of thing. You know, Alan was coming back in the team. They were like, you know, they signed like you know, Lee Bowie signed, Kieran Laura reverse signed, Craig Bellamy signed. They were signing big players. Um, Andy O'Brien signed at the back. They were signing big players because they wanted to push up the league. I just don't think I could have been a good understudy, probably. But Livery never got injured, and I just don't think I was a good enough player, honestly. To to to. To one, to play week in, week out to get a seven out of eight out of ten. And two, to to be where they wanted to be. And I and I accepted that. I went in, I trained, worked hard, you know, I lived in Newcastle, you know, I partied hard, which is true. Um but it's but it's but it's I just don't think and it's not a case of self I just I'm just honest, I just knew exactly where I was and I knew what level I was at, you know, and um and I kinda of lost my way a little bit by not playing by not playing competitive football you know, you, you trained a lot. You, it become easy, and I think I got in a bit of a rut. You know, and then I said, then I, you know, I come back. Well, I come back. Sheffield United on loan for for a while, which is I loved. I loved every minute of that. I know you'll go. You're touching it in a minute, and I've probably gone ahead of you. But it's. I just. I loved it. It's just it's just a break to get away. You know.
3: So how did you know? How did that spell come about then? Back at United, was it just an, an approach <laughs> from was, Neil and?
0: No, yeah, it was. It was the gap of, literally the gap. I said no Warner. I wasn't. I, I could have gone on loan at Newcastle when I was at Newcastle. I could have Preston wanted me on loan. I could have gone to quite a few places. QPR wanted me on loan again. Um, I could have gone to a lot of places. And I just had a nice life. I Had a nice pen out. I'm not saying it's the right or wrong thing, but it was. I had a nice life. I trained. I got paid to train. I did have the competitive edge of of playing my knee. What I, should, in the, what I will say as well, I, I had a lot of problems uh, with my knee. Um. I think it's because of my mechanics in my body. I went and I went seen Dr. Steadman when I was at Sheffield United. I seen a lot of uh, my, uh, during that my first season. I was out with injury with my knee, um, my cartilage, my uh, long sort. Of, I've always had problems with my knees, and um, especially my left knee. And after every game, and after every game, I felt it like hurting a little bit, and I had to like take a day off, sort of thing, to rest it, ice it. I was in the treatment room. Um, so training sounds silly, but training and. Not on that competitive edge. It, I, can, I coasted for the first year after my first year at Newcastle. And then it was a case, I think, I don't know who the left back was at for Sheffield United. He got injured though before the semi final of the. Were they in Cup, would it have been? Against Liverpool?
1: Yeah. John Arley was about that time, was he? Where, uh,
0: was it John Arley? John Arley. Robothorn, well, it, 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 it was.
1: yeah.
0: But he got, he got injured and they needed. I think he got injured. I think the, the, the Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Yeah, I think it was a Tuesday, the, the, the Liverpool game. And he must be crying out for left back. Saw that I wasn't playing, and like Gaffer rang me on the Sunday night. Um, Quinny, you're not cup tied obviously because you do not play for Newcastle. You do not play for a year because you're shit. That's what he said. He went, "You're shit." <laughs> so, you're yeah, no, he's you know, and well, it's worse than you're shit, and I think you're pissing it against the wall. And yeah, he's probably drunk, and he rang me not drunk actually. So I said, "Yeah," and he says, uh, "But look, we uh, we got Liverpool and Wetheram Cup. I need cover. Come and do a job for me." Um, it's for a month coming for a month if you play one game play two games brilliant if you play none i play six fantastic and, and that was it was honest with me He was like you know it was never more than what it was going to be it was never be more permanent what it was um, um, so it was a case of coming in for that Liverpool game so that was a Sunday I travelled down on the Monday um, I met the lads on the Monday but only a walkthrough I didn't even kick a ball with them just on the walkthrough and then I ended up playing against Liverpool on the Tuesday, where Tony scored those, yeah, those two goals, you know. Um, but it was lovely to come back to Sheffield because I stayed at the, <clears throat> is it the Swallow up at um, Salt Lane there, Swallow Hotel? Yeah. Is it still Swallow? Yeah, so <clears throat> I stayed there for for a month. But I played, I think I played six games for United, but I wasn't myself. I wasn't playing competitive football. I did go to Liverpool game. I think we went to Portsmouth away. We got a good result down at Portsmouth away. Um, yeah, we got, yeah, we got a good result down there. I think. You know, we went to Anfield. I played right there, did well. But then, yeah, did well. Then I just, but I knew. I think as well. I think because it wasn't permanent. Because I knew it would be no more. It was. I was going back to Newcastle. It was one of those that <clears throat> my knees were hurting as well. It was one of those that I just couldn't continue playing at a level that I wanted to. And I think I was on the definitely on the downward slope that through my body that I was. I was. I say through my body because it sounds like I'm a forty year old man. But it, it it was just pain where you know. Yeah, it was, it was just it was just arth- real bad arthritis in my knee and to a point where I had, it was, I think it was after the six games, I went back to Newcastle and I finished a season up there and in the summer of that season, I ended up thinking, I've got one year left, <clears throat> what do I want to do? Um, I ended up seeing a, a private <clears throat> surgeon, it was, in, um, I forget what the hospital's called in Newcastle now. Um, it'll come to you in a minute, Anyway, where I, where I lived on Jesmond, <clears throat> and he said, look, you got the knee of like a 50-year-old, if you was any older, he said, I'll tell you to get a knee replacement, you, if you want to walk when you're 30, he said, you've got one lift in your contract, he says, then, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend after this year, if you want to walk to after 30, he says, and uh, on my advice, whatever club you went to, after your year's up, <clears throat> he says, you wouldn't, you wouldn't sign a medical, you know, as a, as a, as a uh, as a surgeon, I can pass off insurance. You won't get insurance, medical, you know, no club would have you because your knee's not in a, in, a, in a fit enough state. And in the meantime, I was, I was jibbing out of, like, training, you know. I wasn't a Paul McGrath. I wasn't a player who could, who could not train and just turn up on a Saturday and play. I needed to be playing. But unfortunately, my knee was, wasn't letting me, you know. And uh, a couple of times, and I think I said this to uh, a couple of times, I, I literally pretended that my hamstring was sore because or pull my hamstring, so I didn't have to train because my knee wasn't that bad. Um, so I had a little doubt in that year for my last year at Newcastle. I had that little doubt that while I'm there, I'm just going to enjoy it, you know. And um, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy it, and you know, because I knew effectively that's my last year of of playing football. But I'd I, I'd come to I'd come to peace with it myself that I knew I'm going to struggle because I a surgeon's telling me that you know nobody's going to insure you, and I want to walk when I'm thirty, you know, and it's just. You know my career was cut short, but in the meantime, Rob Lee, who I was really good friends with. I was really good friends with the senior players at Newcastle. Rob Lee, um, Alan Shearer, I was pretty good. Gary Speed, I was really good friends with because they just took to me because I was respected the elders. And Rob Lee kind of took me under his wing, and he was like, I told him the situation. He's the only player I told straight away the situation. He was like, you know, that's hard, but enjoy your year. But then he moved to West Ham, and he got on the phone to Trevor Brookin, and that's how it came about. He says, look, and I phone Trevor Brookin, rang me, and. You know, and Bob Wilson pulled me in the office and said, Look, West West Ham, I've just sacked Glenn Roder, Trevor Brookins taking over. And you know, uh, Bob Wilson knew about my condition as well. And he's like, No, nope. don't sit here and linger in the reserves or not reserves, just sitting here just like going to Keen Side of Pies, just go and go and have your last year at another great club and, and just enjoy and play what you can. And that's how it that's how
3: it that's how it came about really. So that was that so were you about 28, 29 then? When,
0: yeah, I was in 2003, three, four. yeah. So I'd have been 28, I think it was, 27, 28,
3: yeah. And that, I mean, it's, <coughs> how, how is that to come to... I guess you've had a period of time to come to terms with it. <laughs> yeah, that, but, that's the
0: thing, because I, I knew, like I so said, the last first year I was playing and, you know, Sheffield's fine, and, you know, I still think people say, like, you know, if you say Sheffield United like, going to Newcastle's like the, the, it hurt your career. It, it it didn't hurt my career because I think my career would have been short anyway. So I, I don't hold no grudges against football or anything like that. And you know, I think if you Not know, I would I think I would have just gone a downward slope, and it would have been horrible to do so at a club where, where I was thought highly of. If that makes sense, to you. And I would want to be myself, and you know I would have struggled. But I think going to Newcastle, I think it gave me that one. I achieved another dream. I was playing the Premiership. I work, I got to work. So I I, looked, I took the blessings and the pros out of it. that I got to work. For an unbelievable manager, and Bobby Robson, if not one of the greatest managers England's yeah. ever produced, all bit training, but for for two and I will say this about him, whether he was seventy-year-old or not, he never missed a training session. He was on that he was on the pitch. Wind, rain, snow, sleet. he was on the pitch. So I got to work alongside an unbelievable manager, you know, and I got to train and play with some unbelievable players, you know, and that I was really fortunate. So I kind of took the pros out of where I knew I was going to be in two years' time, but i kind of took the pros of it. I'll never play football again at that level. But while I'm here, just enjoy it, you know. And that's what I did at West Ham. You know, I hated London. I be honest, I, I hated London. The West Ham itself was a club, but I only moved because Rob Lee went and he said, Quinny, come and you know <coughs> what we coming? come and um, join, come with me." So I ended up living doggy for 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 a month. Then I um got my own place for six months, and and as it was Brian D, I moved on the eleventh floor, of towards wharf, and Dina moved. I think I was one zero zero three, and I think he was one zero zero five. So Brian Dean came back alone, and then you'd lift two doors for me. So it worked out. I like, worked out all right, you know. <laughs> I played, played twenty two games for West Ham again. Trevor Brookie and I played with some brilliant players for West Ham, um, you know. And I kind of look back on as much as I hate living in London, and you know, I played at Upton Park, which was was a brilliant stadium at the time, you know. And you know, I played for like fanatical fans in West Ham, so I was unfortunate as well. I look at it that. I've only ever played for three clubs, but three clubs with all known to have a brilliant fan base. Like, Sheffield, they're known to have a brilliant fan base. Newcastle, a brilliant fan base. West Ham, you know, brilliant fan base. So,
2: that's the big thing, I suppose, that when, when, you, when you end your career early. But it almost sounds to me like you, you had accepted that. And yeah. now, retrospectively as well, like you appreciate what you had even more than, you know... Totally. I'm not getting a vibe of, like, longing for what could have been particularly
0: No, 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 because, no, because no, it's, because, it's, actually, you doubt your hand, you doubt. I mean, that's, you know, and, and things like, what I would take as well, you know, like, I, you can't help what you're given, my mechanics and my body was struggling, I was, I was struggling a little bit, um, it's just what it is, and I, like I said, you, I, I, well, I said to you, I just took a lot of where I got, what I did, I, I was lucky in what I had a lot of people don't get what I did or do what I did, so I, I'm not going to sit in old grudge and begrudge what 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 I could, what could have been, because then I think you, you know, it's just pointless. But I don't like, you know, Phil's been to Cornwall many a time. You know, I live in a, you know, I got a chance to come home. You know, I was away when I was 14, so I got a chance to come home. I live in a, in a lovely part of the world, you know, and it's it's one of those that I, I don't I don't begrudge. I accepted where I was going to be. You know, as soon as my last game was off, I come back to Cornwall to live, and I kind of accepted it and. I don't hold no grudges, you know. I had a bloody, had a good life. I, you know, I played some big teams. I, I partied hard, you know. I, you know, I went out, and partied. You know, we all, it's no, it's no secret that I drank, you know, in parties and went out, done this and that. It's no secret to that. I never hide the fact. I don't want to hide the fact that that's what I did. You know, I never affected my football in any way, shape, or form at all. But it's through through things that I did, like not, what not, like no doubts knowing, like with my knee and not playing for Newcastle for the last two years, and you know. I knew this sort of stuff, so I knew what I could and what I couldn't do, and I. That's why I kind of accepted what I did. I had a long time to 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 accept it, and you know, I did that. You know, and I, I don't. I don't begrudge it. it. It's a hard, hard old game to get into professional football, you know. And you can become a professional footballer and not play for for a football team, if that makes sense to you. Whereas I did 139 times, I think it was 140 times. You know, I played in the Premier League. You know, I played in the Champions League a bit. Qualified, represent my country. I, you know. It, what have, I, what have I not to be to be proud of? You know, I'm proud to, to have done all that, you know, and so I've got no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like begrudge and sit here and, and order guy against football for because of where I am, not at all. I just I just I'm, I'm fortunate that I I guess I was fortunate. I do, you know, I'm one of three Cornish players to play in the Premier League, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and begrudge any of that. No, not at all.
5: You contrast that as well to like we were talking about Dane Whitehouse earlier on. You had almost like a, a 12 to 18 month period of adjustment <laughs> when you knew your career was winding <laughs> down. Whereas obviously, exactly. Whitehouse stepped on a pitch and 50 minutes later, no, uh, you know, exactly, you had to adjust to
4: it. So,
0: no, exactly, Dan, and that's exactly where you know I had time to adjust to it. It's different to Dane. Dane, like, didn't. It was in one bad, cowardly tackle, his career's gone. He's like straight away. So hence why you know i kind of knew where i was at whereas it, i felt you know I, I was i'm not so lucky but i kind of knew where i was at I, I, there was no other cars for me to There was no parts to play you know my knee wasn't gonna let my body wasn't gonna let me play football professionally i wasn't a good enough player to to not train and play on a saturday i just wasn't good enough and uh you know as much as I people might kid themselves and say "Oh, what?" Well, not me but in general themselves i really wasn't i just wasn't that player you know and uh You know, and uh, I love training as well. It's another thing, I love to train. So it's just, it was just one of those that I just wasn't good enough. And, you know, I'm, honest, I'm totally, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm a 43-year-old man now. You know, I'm I'm still in good shape. You know, I play squash. I play golf. You know, I'm not one of those footballers who's put weight on. I'm still, you can't see, but I'm still quite, slim
2: what have you so well, he's just shown us his midriff uh, yeah <laughs> and none of us are showing hours back
0: yeah, i'm a little i'm definitely greyer, my hair's a little bit longer but i've still got my good looks i'm joking but it's, uh, <laughs> no but it's you know so it's no so it's, it's 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 you know it's one of those that I, it's it's all it's fine and you know I, i've been a long time retired now and you know but i genuinely talk about like when, like especially on Twitter, I love Twitter. In respect, if I, do, I don't do a Curtis I don't do a You know, I don't call people. Uh, that's ridiculous. But I feel, you know, I try to engage with fans if they come on it. If the chef and I put anything on fans, I try to engage. You know, as best I can. But you know, it's it's just it's. I've got, I've got a new life, Danny. You know, and, you know, I've got you know important. You know, I've got a wife. I've got you know a son now and theatre sort of thing. So it's it's just all it's all moved on. But I'd I never i will never forget Sheffield. Some of my best friends live in Sheffield still and. I love it. I still got, you know it's classic. It's my second home, and you know it's just for some reason. I think it's just one of those. I just I just love it, you know. So it's it's really really good, you know.
1: What what you just said just now is really interesting. I never thought about it that way. Probably the move to Newcastle protected your legacy as being a. That's actually, but
0: that's why that's why I said to you when I went there for the first month I played sort of thing. But that's why I'm trying. to, That's why I was saying to you in respect of I. I kind of resigned to the fact that I knew I couldn't play after that. So. So it's one of those that, me moving away, they remember the good times of when I played for the, how when I was okay or decent enough to play those 139 times. So it's, it kind of helped me in that respect that it, it did a little bit, you know, and um, moving away was, I moved away for, it's just took good opportunity not to move away, you know,
4: and that's exactly what it was, you know, that's what it was. Definitely.
2: <laughs> so out of the old Blade lot, then, you say your best friends live up here, who are the ones that, you you are in touch with regular
0: well obviously Kurt, Curtis I speak to quite regularly Curtis um uh, I, old school I speak to Des Sean Derry a lot and great lad is Des I speak to Des quite a bit Hutch believe it or not Don Hutchinson I speak to Don Hutchinson from the old lot um Dev <clears throat> I speak to Dev quite a bit um, albeit Twitter but then it'd be like private messaging. there'd be tech you know then the numbers I've got in my phone sort of thing that if I if I wanted to call if I was ever going to Birmingham it'd be like you know, Dev, you know, do fancy meeting up, sort of thing. So they're the other ones are like of oh, the old flock. Dino, I've got Dino's number. Brian D, um, you know, Jan, I speak to her on Twitter quite a bit on Jan. On you know, so it's I, you know, it's quite a few people I speak to, but it's been a long time since you know since I spoke to them, sort of thing. You know, so it's it's one of those that um, you kind of you kind of drift away, sort of thing, and that's where we're at, like you know.
3: What so what keeps you busy now, Wayne? What's what's like, post football?
0: Well, I, I, um, my son's. Uh, I don't a film. I right know. Kids are us. At a theatre group in in Saint Ives called Kids are us, and it's um, it's it's all voluntary, but it's like, they're really professional. And are um, uh, my son's a really big part of it. He's twelve now. My son he's had some really big roles, and they put productions on like really professional. They get like proper choreographers and lighting technicians from up country from the West End and all that. And we've got a really good name. We've got like a three hundred seat theatre, and I'm now the stage manager. So I've I've kind of give up football down here and. I go with my son and my wife with a bar and my wife's in the change with chaperone and everything first aid And we um with that they work they work a socks off to to be to broad productions three productions a year and my son's in in them. <clears throat> so every time they're in rehearsing, I'll be in. If it's like props we move moved, move the props, you know, I'm on stage, um, helping the director out. And I, I really love it. I've been on a course, a three week course in NODA, I've been doing it properly, you know, and it takes a lot of your chunk of your life up, you know, and that's you know, that's kind of what I do now, you know. And I really, really enjoy it. Um, we do it as a family. And, you know, and I, I have to say, I've, I'm proud of what I've done. But I'm even more proud when I see Ethan, my son. He's like, when he's on stage in front of like 300 people singing a song or acting a role, or it gives you nothing better. You know, he started when he was eight, I think it was. It gives you nothing better to that feeling when I'm in the wings. Well, people can't see me, but I'm in the wings knowing that he's singing a song in front of people and acting a song. And in a minute, he's going to come to me, being the stage manager, to, to get. A prop, or I've got a change of scenery, or and you know, high five him in the wings. And it's just, it's just it, that there is, is just, there's nothing I, I'm not, I can't, you know, I'm not, it's nothing prouder than that to see, to see that, you know. And Fantastic. I really, I really, really enjoy it, you know. <laughs> you know, I've, I've put some things on Twitter, you know, like the post and the picture of, of him, and I just really enjoy that side of things, you know. And i just like, I said, I've had my heyday, my glory day, so I just like, you like, if you've got kids, you just want to be there for your kids, don't you, you know. Yeah. And, um, and that's that's where I'm at, you know. It's not I've never pushed him into football, because um, I haven't, just because of down here. But he's he's going. You know, I've always said if he wants to sing a song and play the piano, which he does, then I'll push him that route. And you know that's the route he's gone down, you know. And we're just me and my wife are backing him 100, percent you know. And um, but he's getting fucking good at table tennis. So we've got table tennis in the back garden. and He's shit hot now, you know. We're really good <laughs> at. But he's always playing just before you, uh, before you, um, before he, before you. Uh, before by coming in here, but we play every day. You know, this COVID nineteen. If anything, we've become like professional table tennis players. We come out <laughs> and then, like, that that and drinkers. I thought it was a good drinker, but I'm a bloody good drinker now. But no, no. no but that's 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 it. That's what takes my my, my um my my you know, my time. You know, down here and I work wise, i my wife's a driving instructor, so she does the days, and I'm a night poor a hotel stroke manager at a hotel in, in in Penzance and so I do the nights. But that's only because I work nights purely because. When I was younger, really young, my mum was a single parent. And, you know, come there every holiday, I was pushed with either a friend, next door neighbour, a gran, or, you know, anybody. And uh, I just didn't want that. I just didn't want that. But I moved away when I was young because, you know, f- to do football. So my mum lost me when, you know, lost me. But she, I went away when I was a younger, young boy and I just, I said to my wife, you know, I don't want to be that person, that the, the parents, that. I want to be there for, you know, in the holidays sort of thing. So that's why, sorry, that's why... <laughs> You know, I do the yeah. night stuff. She does the day stuff. So we, you know, so during the holidays, you know, one of us is a, is, is always here, like you know, which is, is perfect. Fantastic.
1: Yeah, you, work, you? you? have
0: to. Yeah, you got, you got, you got it, mate. You know, you got to do it. And that's why I've loved. I've not loved for the COVID nineteen for, for because it's the virus and we might catch it. I've not loved it for that. But I love the fact that we we can't we can't do anything. The theatre's closed. We can't go anywhere, obviously. And you know, we've just spent more time at home in the back garden. You know, more barbecues, table tennis, listen to music, Magic FM it's just it's just brought everybody closer you know and when we're picking up and we just went <laughs> i think it's we're not making money but we're spending more money it's but we're um we just uh we just end up we're picking up a new puppy on the 10th of june new french bulldog so we're getting a new puppy out of it so that should be good
2: yeah lovely cool. yeah. days. so we always like to end these player interviews with uh, right. with a one to eleven then so uh, uh, one minute i'm gonna get my sheet stay there <laughs>
4: Oh. oh prepared.
0: It's oh, no, no, so I don't I don't just so I don't get the There you go. That's no, I, know, I, know, I know my
2: team I know my team, but did you wanna know
0: the shape or anything like that or not?
2: Well you who's your manager first of all, Wayne? Who's who's in charge?
0: Shit, good question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll fill the manager no, in that no, we'll put no, the manager uh,
0: yeah. in It's got it's got to be Yeah, I'm joking. It's gotta be Bobby Robson has to be. Of course, yeah it's got to be bo So just because of you know who he is what he is, and you know if he can't get the best out of you, then who can sort of thing in respect of what you're capable of he was like i said you i touched him before he was um he was special he was like really special that he's you know whenever he whenever he spoke you, you just listened to all his last words his last you know and he was set in his ways he had his own ways of doing his doing things, but he was just you know tr- you know like dinner times with training he wouldn't let you leave. He would just, you know, you had to sit in the canteen until he, he finishes dinner and he was a slow eater. You know, he was set his ways but anybody else you would be up and gone but for him, you didn't. You stayed there, you respected him and he was just, he's just one hell of a man. He, just, he was honestly just one hell of a man and I was so, I was gutted obviously when he died but was, he was just, a, I can to say that, one, to say that I played under him but to, for, for, to say that actually he bought me because I only went to Newcastle initially for a, for a month alone, but for him to actually see something and buy me, then not many people can say that, you know, down here. So I'm, I'm delighted. That.
5: You've got to take that as a big compliment if someone, if someone who's, <laughs> yeah, for I think 15, 16,
0: game, 11 games, 15 I can't remember. Anyway, point is for that, but I, he, just for one game, if he bought me for one game, it didn't matter, you know, he, he saw something like, you know,
2: fantastic. So, what formation are we going with? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go.
0: So four-four-two, but there's a little bit. It's effectively like a four-two-three-one. Weird when I say that. But you'll see why in a minute when I say when I when I come through it with you. Right, so
2: we're we're very flexible.
0: We are. Well, when you see my attacking players, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna win games five-four-six-five. Yeah. Five,
5: Defenders gonna to have the to work and, cut out, are they? No
1: it yeah, sounds absolutely. like Kevin Keegan Newcastle side
0: this <laughs> yeah, no. No, that's all I have to say and I, all genuinely and no I, 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 honestly it's the first time I've ever done a 1 to 11 of players I've played with I've never done it before I've never even thought to do it and nobody does it I've never been asked nobody's ever asked me what's your 1 to 11 never and this is the first time so I was I was stuck thinking shit and like then I was going through the players I've played with and I thought actually I've, I play with some decent players, and, it's, and it's, you know, and it's, so I was fortunate. But so, let's say, genuinely, it's the first. So, thank you for asking, because it's the first time that I've I've uh, I've been asked to do it.
2: No danger, right? Who's in the sticks then? Right, Alan Kelly. Got to be. I, I played with.
0: <clears throat> I played with like Shay Gibbon who's Republic of Ireland number one. I played with David James for a season at West Ham, um, but. As good as players and good keepers, they were, and they were brilliant keepers. JMO for the wrong reasons, but he was—he's still a good keeper. Shea was, without doubt, shot stopper. He was an unbelievable shot stopper. Um, Trace, even Trace, like Simon Trace, was was a good keeper. But and not just because of the commentary. But I was fortunate enough to play with Alan when he was at United when he was at his best. And everything about Ned was was good. He was never just—he was never just an average six out of ten. Most games he was a good seven, eight out of ten. And not just like not just a shot stopper. <laughs> Brilliant kicker of the ball, brilliant talker. He was a nice lad. He was one of the lads in the changing room. He just had everything, like you know. And he was just—I don't think anybody can. And let's not forget, you know, he played with Republic of Ireland. He would have played more caps. It wasn't for Shea. You know, I could, I could easily have gone for Shea, but I just think Ned was just an all-round eight out of ten player every week. That's 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 where I'm. I just think I can't—I can't remember. I honestly can't remember Ned. Making a mistake in a game, I just can't remember it. I just can't remember making a mistake in a game. But, but that's how good that's a and that's a testament. That's that's the credit to him. That's how good he was. You know.
1: Have I mean, you get many blades to disagree with that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Really solid start.
0: Uh, right back. Can only be one, and he ain't much of a defender.
1: I know where can, this is going. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's got to be in my team. He's got his Vaz. I mean, it's just. I don't. I think. It, all four of you there, I mean, anybody seen him play, he was just, he was, pheno- he was a phenomenon, he was just, he'd come in like, his first training session, never heard of him, and he was just, wow, like, he just did cross the ball, his touch, his tricks, his just, his work rate, you know, I think that's a lot, with Vaz, what you don't realize with Vaz, Vaz worked hard, he may have looked glum, he never smiled, ever, he didn't speak much, but, but, he was, he worked ever so hard, you know, the wing back, I've played wing back, so, it's not an easy position. You've got to be fit, but he had it all. Like he was Greek international. He was fit. He was up and down. Sometimes he's a little bit slow getting back, but he was—he was a brilliant player. And he did everything that was asked of him. He was—you saw for yourselves. He was just some of the crossing. I mean, the goal. I mean, his goal at Sunderland. I mean, left foot across his body into the stanch. I mean, he was just—he yeah. was unbelievable. And I think what we were really good at. I mean, so we complemented each other well. But Baz in swinging corners, free kicks was really really good and I think in that team we had me on the opposite side was it also helped because Dane hated taking corners so me on the opposite side we had like, we had good balls coming into the, into the box most times but Vaz was and he is it's a nice lad. but Vaz without doubt one of the technically gifted players I've ever seen and played with without, without doubt not, he's not the best the best is in front of him but he was one of the best
4: without doubt
5: we we, that's all that's stumbled, we we only stumbled across Baboki's by accident, didn't we? We actually when when the, when the scout yeah. went, across, he went across the scout gets by him. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, when there's a right back, we need to have a look at. And we never no, we never
0: heard of him. But like I like, say, honestly, like you said, Danny, he just blew your mind. He come in and he just it's it's hard to explain what you like all, most of these players. It's not what you certain these players. It's not it's what you see in training as well. It's not as if it's like a one off. They're just game players. They are just they are just every week game players. But in training, every day, it's doing the same old stuff, the same old step over. You know it's coming. Like Chris Watt, you know it's coming, but you, you can't stop it. He just beat you with it. You know, it's just, you know, it's one of those.
1: I was going to ask you about that with training, actually. I was going to ask you earlier, but I assumed he'd be your right back, so I left it. I can remember you and him playing cross-field diagonal balls time after time to each other. Yeah. Was that yeah. something that was a deliberate ploy or... Well, it's funny because I said that
0: we we and Dev still talk about it. I think I commented on a video that you scored a goal from and I thought I put the ball in. And it's just one of those that it was my out ball. Weird when I say that as a wing left wing back, you think your out ball is like you, you, your right wing back or your right winger, but it was my out. It was it, it was it was my outball. ball. It was
1: you've got nothing on, so you're looking for your right wing back. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, because it was, when I say it's my out ball is, I mean what I mean by that is like yeah, as a wing back a left sort of player, you pick a ball up,
0: you open up, and you look down. like can I hit my because I never had a, a left winger to play so as such I look at if I can hit the centre forward second centre forward my midfielder my my, my, my out ball was right like, go long and more often than not I'm not just trying to talk about a decent enough but I've got you know I could ping a ball look, certain players can't ping a ball but I could ping a ball and I could hit that ball that was low and driven and and, and Dev knew it was coming I always said to Dev, Dev if I get it just give me just, just be wide for me just so I've got an out ball and that's how it was, Phil. I just, I just knew if I was ever in trouble, my out ball was. And if I sometimes I didn't even look, I didn't even play to death. Sometimes I, I shouldn't say that, but I didn't even play for them I, I just thought, well, I, rough, I roughly know where the fullback is. Hit it over his head and hopefully Dev will run onto it. And, and when he didn't get on the end of it, it was nearly a good ball, and I would still get a clap for it. So it, was, it just worked <laughs> out. It, it still worked out all right. But more than not, more than not, it, it was a good ball, and I still got a clap for it. So it was, it was one of those. It, it worked out quite well for me, to be fair like you know.
1: Brilliant! Yeah. The centre halves. Who, who's your two centre halves? They must be doing some work, these two.
0: But when I say that they, they, they can because they can cope. I've got. I've got. I only played with, I only played two games with. Oh shit! Sorry. I played two games with him. Um. My right side is Jonathan Woodgate. Believe it or not, he was a very underrated. Well, he wasn't underrated. He had a hard time, but what a player! What a player! I nearly went with Jamie Carragher, England, but I played with Jonathan Woodgate. I trained with Jonathan Woodgate for two for a year, for a year for sixteen months and I played three games with him and i got to say he was like I'm not saying like Paul McGraw, but he, he read a game he, was, he wasn't was overly quick but he could pass a ball he could jump he could header um, he could defend really well and he never looked like he's one of those players that he never looked like he broke sweat he just he looked really he just never looked like he broke sweat and um, he's my white side centre half he was such a good I mean you don't go to Real Madrid if, you, if you're if you a bad player no. he's just a really good he's he's just a really really good player and never one look it's Paul McGrath I, I'm not going to I think I touched on Paul earlier that Rolls-Royce of a just a Rolls-Royce of a player that I've never seen him get beat at 38 Um he was just he was that he was that genuinely genuinely he was that good he was um he was he was just yeah he was just genuinely that good you know and um he was just they're my two centre-halves and I you know I, I don't think there's any arguments from most people about them being my centre-halves like that. so not for
2: no Who's making
0: up
3: the Who's making up the back four?
0: It's going to surprise you. He's going to hate playing there, but I not. He has to play in my team. Dane Whitehouse. Sid's going to come and left. He's, he's going to hate it. He's going to hate me if he ever sees it or read it. But he's got to play. I got. I got to get him in my team. Um, I think you know better than me. You know, respect. You see him play a lot longer than I have, not but he needs to be in my team. He's just a brilliant player. He just. He typifies what my team would be, and that is. Just run all day, um, but on the ball, technically really, really good. He can tackle, he can defend, he can cross. He will score from left back and have no danger. He will rile everybody up in front of him to get working. Um, and when I show you my out left side play, when I tell you in a minute, it would be fun to watch. I'd have a bit of fun watching those two because they would just fucking bicker and fight all the time. I know they would. but So, it's, <laughs> so, so that's a bit of fun going into it. But no, I don't think you could not play, you, you can play Dane. I don't think you can. You can. You cannot not play Dane. You know.
1: bad play.
4: Yeah.
0: And then I see. Then I'm. This way tricky a little bit. So I've got two centre midfielders. Um, and I I played with one. Where are two? I played one at Newcastle. One at West Ham. Centre midfielders. Um, and the first one was Michael Carrick. Went to West Ham and he was there and um, he was phenomenal player, a phenomenal player. Like um again like Mickey Carrot. I like like sorry, like um like Paul McGrath. An absolute Rolls voice. Somebody never broke sweat. I never seen him give the ball away. I don't think he ever passed the ball backwards. Didn't score many goals but everything he did was forward. Like he just always kept the ball ticking and he was always there. In any situation he was in he'd always show for you, which is hard for a player and, and, and you know, you you know a good player is if they got you he always looked like, so like Paul Scholes in respect of he always looked like he had time on the ball. He just, he never, he never looked under pressure. He always looked like
1: Don't
0: he had time. On the ball.
1: Sorry? Don't tell Curtis that about scoring.
0: No, like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, Curtis was a crap, crap footballer. But his, uh, but his, uh, his, um, Mickey was, no, but he was just always a Rolls Royce of a, of a player. And the player next to him, I think, will complement each other really well is Gary Speed. He's, he's, he's got, he's just, he's got to be an Ebbing, you know, Mickey being right third, Speedo being left third it is um he was again at, at, at newcastle i played with him when i first my first game was with him and he was head and shoulders above everybody in respect of just his just everything about him like from his passing you know people going about scoring goals listen he was great at arriving in a box late like steven jar but gary speed they made about like steven jar but gary speed was the first to do it probably in his in his era's decade and he was Honestly, he was, and he was such a nice chap. And what you don't people don't realize as well with Speedo is, he was the, the ultimate professional. He was trained. He was even at his age when I went there. He was the first in running. He won all the running competitions. He was the fittest at the club. He was just an out and out proper, proper, proper footballer. If that makes sense, just an out and out proper footballer. And he's, and um, what happened to him was sad, and tragic, and you know. And if he was given time, well, I say given time, but if, at Sheffield United, if he was you know, didn't die but not being horrible well, if he didn't die sort of thing but he would have been a he would have been a hero at the lane, you know, he would have been a hero at the lane and he because he, he was just a born winner. He was just an unbelievable player, you know. And uh, again he was one of those he, he couldn't not, not be in be in my team. And but I've got to mention Rob Lee as well. He he was frightening Rob Lee. Like when I went there, he's getting on a bit, but he was an unbelievable player as well. You know, I played some brilliant midfielders, you know, Kevin O'Lock at West Ham was really good. Um I played some really, really good ones but but honestly, Rob Lee was up there. But Gary Speed and Michael Carrick, I think they'll be brilliant. Compliment each other really well, you know? So, on the right-hand side, I think we'll complement Baz really well. And he is Nobby Solano. He, I played with him at Newcastle, and he was he is the most technically gifted player I've ever played with. Um, he was... You know, people were raving about um, David Beckham, his right foot, but honestly, his right foot was something else. Peruvian... There's nothing to him. He was small. He was tiny, but my God, what a player. He could cross a ball. He could, you know, he could tackle, he could put it about, but dribbling, um, he scored some brilliant, got free kicks outside the area, inside the area. Technically, without doubt, without doubt, my, 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 my outside right player, if you will, because, you know, with the two up, up top, he will, he will provide crosses upon crosses. And, uh, but going forward, he's such a such a good player, and he's again my technically my, the most gifted player I've ever played with. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Fantastic. Well, fantastic player. One of those players that seem to be at Newcastle forever. Both. Yeah, and they love him. They, yeah, they love him up there. I mean,
0: they loved him up there because he, he was he was honestly he was that good. Um, he was uh, he was something else, and you know he. You, you don't play as many games as you do for Newcastle if you're not, you know, if you're not, you're not good. And he was, just, he was just, he was technically really, really good, you know. And uh, it's, it, it, was, it was, I have to say, him, him Dane, Paul McGran, Vaz, I've got to be honest with you, were my first, there was no, I've not
2: built a team around them, but they were my first four that mm-hmm. were definitely in playing, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was on the left-hand side that's going to be Rallying with Dane, no, yeah, that's no, going to surprise you. It's going to it's it's Craig Bellamy. People, there might be
0: a, a divided opinion here, and that's. But I played with Bellas when he was at Newcastle. Um, and a lot of people like Bellas because I don't think a lot of people know him. The thing what people don't really know about Bellas is he was a winner. He was just a born winner. He would people forget. I forget that he was a good player. Bellas is a really really good player. He was he worked really hard for the team. He always played on the left. You know, he used to cut in. He scores goals. He tackles, he niggles players, he gets on people's nerves. But ultimately, his number one trait, which I found when I played with him, is he just hated losing, five a side. He would kick you in five a side to win. He hated losing. And I think in a team where I've got a lot of players, you say flair players, I think he would toe the line where he would make players play. And I'm saying, you know, Dane behind him, I think those two could have like ding-dongs. But I think they could bring the breast out of each other, you know? Um, and I just think Belez is 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 a hell of a player I think he's an underrated player Belez he was he was really he was, he was a really really good out and out player and like I said yeah, I'm going to go for goals you know so
4: I'm, he's, in the, he's in my team like, you know I
2: mean I read Greg Did he
4: moan as much as everyone
5: said he in Sorry? Did he moan as much in training as everyone said? Yeah no Yeah, he moaned in training all the time he I mean, Alan, him and Alan, Shearer didn't really get on,
0: but um, um, they didn't like each other as such. But Abella just wanted to win. He's he just a, he's just honestly, he's just a born winner, and he would, he would kick. I, I'm not lying. He would kick his own mother if he thought he, if he thought he, he could win. He would kick his own mother. He's like he's. But then, I just think that's a, I think that's a good trait to have. You know, you want people in your team that that are winners that want to win. You know, and you know, and, and I think he he was one of those players that he did that and I think that's what people forget about Bellows when they say about oh yeah he's an okay he actually Bellas is a really good player you know you don't go to Old Trafford play for Man you know he went to he played for Liverpool he played for, for Man City won titles you know he's, oh, you remember the goal he scored at Old Trafford you don't do that if, if, you, if you're an okay player he's a very very good player yeah. and he would be he'd come in his side you know and you know and um, he was best friends with Gary Speed so I know Speedo would, would look after him and shut him up so we're good enough respect, you know
2: so you said it was four four two slash 4-2 yeah yeah but yeah, in the hole yeah in the hole I don't think
0: for one minute it's, it's not going to be 4 not not. it's going to be well yeah so in the hole I'm going to go we talked about him earlier we touched him earlier for his hat trick it's Matt Letizia in the hole um, again I don't think I need to say too much about the tier, you know the you know the England game. Uh, you, know, you see him on TV, doing the goals on TV, and then. But I think it opened my eyes just to genuinely how good he really, really was in the in the five days training with England. Being when we all met up, you know what we see. You know the goals. i don't want to bring up the goals against Newcastle over his head, and you know the goals against Blackburn. He did it. He did it in training. There was no. There was no. It's not like a one off if that makes sense you he did it in training, and you know um it, it was just he was just you kind of <laughs> so many times like, I look at this team and so many times i 'm thinking at players they did things in training, you kind of you stand there, and many a time in England, I still wanted a clap, he did a goal, he did a touch or he did a flick or he did, and I wanted to stand there and I, I found myself wanting the clap to go, oh my God, a bit like vaz, but i 'd be like nobby, but you couldn 't you had to be a bit professional, but that 's how good he was he was he was genuinely that good and with you know he, he, he I'm just it's just a, an honor and a, and a privilege to play with him
2: right up front I mean I think we might know this is <laughs> yeah 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 you will know is Alan of course it's Alan it is, Shearer
1: if Gareth Taylor I'm going to be very disappointed in you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's a good lad though but no it's obviously it's Alan Shearer I mean I don't, you know I, I you know what it's, it's difficult because I want to play I want to say Brian Deans. I played with him twice I know he's a legend and but if I'm doing my best eleven I've played with, you know, I'm you know, I'm looking at Dino, but you know, I play with Jan, Jan's a good striker. And when I went to West Ham, people were like, Jermaine Defoe is a fucking good, he's a good, good player, Jermaine Defoe scores goals for fun, you know, and but you know, Michael Owen was in the the, the England beam when I was there. But you know, a player I've played with, I was fortunate to play with Alan for 14 games. Um he was just and I I say it I've said it to many people, it was a you know, the best I could describe Alan was he's a robot, an absolute robot. What you don't know of Alan is, you know, he scored these goals, all these goals, He, you know, but he worked pissing hard for it, you know, after most training sessions, he'd always, and that's why I feel quite privileged because he always, he was sort me near Quinny and he'd always ask me, he always ask me, he'd go, Quinny, and he'd take like 40 balls out. Um, he'd have Shea give it in goal. Um, he says, Could we do a bit of shooting? So I'd, like, I'd cross some balls, you First time volley, take a touch, shoot headers. Um, but what people—that's people didn't know that. You know, he'd always say, Quinny, let's do this." He'd have forty balls most days, just constantly shooting. And honestly, he always hit the target. And he said, "If he beat Shade Gibbon, who he could have had an apprentice keeper in goal, but he never. He always had the number one keeper at the club to be in goal." Because he said, "If I could score against him in training, when I come to a match day, you know, it's it's just it is what it is, you know." And uh, and that's. Genuinely, what, what um what he what he was, you know, people didn't see, you know, what he was, and that's you know that's uh that's 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 what he was, you know. So
2: who's your captain in that side then? You've got some, you've got. This. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go. I see. I won't go. I could say Alan,
0: but I'm not because he's a captain. But I'm not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Speedo. Nice one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go speed as my captain with with Dane. Well, with Sid as my vice captain
4: for that one. Nice one.
2: Now we do let people because um, we we let bradders have have some have a bench because he was uh, he was feeling a bit guilty about people he missed out, and uh, we let we let Kevin Gage do that. So right. if you... I think seven might be taking the piss a bit, but we got five players that you might, you, you, like you said, Rob Lee, Someone, yeah. No, I'd, I'd my my keeper would be Shea, absolutely. My keeper would be Shea. Nice one. I'd okay.
4: have a, I'd, I'd have a young, I'd have a young Jags.
1: <laughs> Can not give it up?
0: Yeah, I would have young Jags. I'd have. Rob Lee and I will also throw. I'd have Rob Lee. I'd also have Brian Dean. And I think my, f- in fact, can I have two? I I'll have six. I'll have. We might as well have seven then. Oh, well, that was can- oh, <laughs> easy. It's easy. I'll have. I'll have Kieran Dyer. And I'll have uh, Jermaine Defoe. I'm all out at of here Fuck okay, it. Let's go. <laughs>
4: This team
0: score a lot
4: of goals. Yeah. This yeah. yeah, team they,
0: goals. Have I got six? Yeah. yeah. One more. I've got, I'm gonna go defender just because no, I'm not actually. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go midfielder. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go brownie, but a young brownie winners at United just because I think to play with those players week in, week out, it'll would be, become an even better player.
4: Definitely.
1: What else is having you, by the way, for not having him in his team?
0: <laughs> I, met, I spoke to him. and He says, and I said, "That's one, two, And he was like, "Fucking Quinny, you know, you know, fucking hell, Quinny, I'm fucking, I'm gonna be." I said, "Yeah, you're gonna make it. You have got to make. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it." No intention of putting him in one little fucking bit. <laughs> 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 so when I, when I tweet I later, I be like, "Yeah, yeah, you made it. If you're looking for it, no, but he ain't making it. He ain't making it at all." No, but he's uh, no, but I love you know. He's my best friend. We get at unite sort of thing, you know. He's my apprentice, and he's crap at that. But he's a he's a great lad. Wiggs loved him to bits. But um, no, I, I, you know, looking at that team now. I'm looking down at now. I was, you can see by looking at that team. I was fortunate with some of the players I played with. So I'm not gonna like we talked about earlier. I'm not gonna argue with that at all. You know. I think that team. I think that team beats a lot of
3: teams. Definitely. I think most of us would be happy to watch that team week in week out. It'd be entertaining. That's, right. that's
0: for sure. Yeah, that's exactly. Yes, yeah. so I think I think that, that team beats a lot. Of, that, that, that team definitely beats a lot of teams. I think you know.
2: Fantastic. So, um, I think it's only right that we maybe ask it. You, you obviously probably still watch a fair bit of football and watch it yeah. on TV. Yeah. How good is this current team? What are they capable of? And what's the long term, what's the, what is the, what is the ceiling for Wilder's Sheffield United Revolution? Honestly,
0: I, I, I've watched them, um, so I can say because I've not been to Sheffield for a while, but I said, like, t- I touched on it earlier, the football, what I like about Tufty, they're playing proper football, we've got proper players in there, Like, I, I don't, you can also say about Sheffield United, I think he's got a bunch of players, Tufty, that you could call, Sheffield United players, every one of them, I feel, they're like, they're they're Sheffield United, they've been at Sheffield for 10 years, they've just come in, they've bought into, what Tufty's imprinted on the club, if you will, and they've bought into it, Um, and I think, I don't think any, those who've watched Sheffield United, like last season, like you boys, and, you know the way Tufty at the helm with Alan Neal, I don't think many Sheffield supporters are going to be too surprised at how well they've done and the results they've, they've they've got because one they're well drilled, two they fight for each other, three they don't want to win, or oh, they don't want to lose? Sorry, and four is they all, which, they, which is which is I think most important. They've got a team togetherness that every good side needs, and I think I think they can do. What they they can be and achieve, what they want to achieve, and there's no surprise that if it stays like it is, that you know where they are at the moment. You know, getting into you know getting into Europe is a massive achievement. And in the two or three years, I think with the right players and with with Tufty at the helm, you know the world's a oyster. because I, I tell you now, I, I should imagine if I was a, an opposing player or opposing manager, I tell you what team I wouldn't want to play. Yes, you could say the Man Cities, the Liverpools, but I'm telling you, one team I wouldn't want to play would be Sheffield United because they're a tough. Team to break because of the the togetherness, you know, and they've got a manager that that's not stupid. And if if something's not happening during a game, and tactically it needs to be changed, I think he's proven that he's got the know-how and and the the skill, and he's not afraid to make a change with players, you know, or move players around. He's he ain't stupid, you know. And I just think the ceiling is it could be what what they want it to be. That's how that's how high I I genuinely guard this group of players because it's not just the 11 and it's the, it's the whole squad and I think they, they typify what, what a Sheffield United team should be and that's, you know, and, you know, I can see, I can see that and I just think it's, if I was a I Sheffield United supporter. I
1: nailed that because it's just, it's everything about it. What you've just said just nails it because the yeah. fans are together, the team are together yeah. and, and that's what makes Sheffield United so great. I it, think. It, 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 it Philip it's it's is totally
0: that you know, and uh, that's why I said to you, I think, I think, I think it's too, I think it's too easy to put a ceiling or a limit because I, 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 I could see it going, I could see them being like, so far, in the next sort of three to five to ten years, right up there being with like the if they're right, you know, being up there with like the top top teams in in England because everything about it is there is, is there for them the fan base is there the ground is there you know nobody likes to go to sheffield you know i know they don't no to, to the ground but if you can keep the players and like keep bringing the youth through and then you know who who who's going to want to play sheffield united nobody's going to want to nobody's going to want to play them now so it's, i just i just think that, i think the the ceiling could be anything you know and i think europe the next 2 3 years and even i think it could be the norm i think being in europe could be a norm because because I don't think it's a surprise where they are right now in the league. I don't think it's a surprise. And, you know, that's what I finished with. The, the imprint is with Tufty and every one of them looks like they've been there for 10 years. Every one of them looked like it. They don't look, not one player looks out of place. They've all got, (laughs) if there is such a thing, and I know there is, they've all got the Sheffield United DNA. Absolutely. They have every one of them, even the foreigners, which is brilliant. They've all got it, you know? And, um, I think you know, Tuffy's got to take a massive, massive, massive amount of credit for that, and um, and it's showing. The results and the performances are showing. It's showing
1: it. I'll drink to that.
2: Absolutely. All right, Wayne, it's been fantastic to have you on. Thank this. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you for uh, thank, you, thank you for for inviting me. And uh, when
0: this is all over, I've promised my son and my wife that we're going to because it's been what seven years since I've come to Sheffield last. So, to watch a game, so it'd be lovely if like if I you know we would be love to, to have a beer with you if I get a chance to come up there. I know Phil, well, i would ask asking to Phil, so we would love you to get a chance. And like, so I really thank you for, for inviting me on. And I really enjoyed it, like just reminisce a little bit. I've not done it for, well, I've never done it. So it's, it's lovely to do so, well, you know.
2: We will happily have you in the pub with us, buy you a few pints. And you, the missus and the son can go back to the hotel and we'll have a night out, as that sounds. And we'll <laughs> Absolutely Absolutely be pleased
1: to know that, that our spiritual pod homes the Cross saves, So you'll be pleased to know that. So what, mate. Our spiritual home for the pod is the cross sides, so you'd be happy to Oh know is that. it? Oh yeah. is
2: it?
1: Oh oh fantastic. Hold on, what happened
2: there? Oh here, he turned the camera off.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, fantastic yeah, fantastic cross sides. I said, yeah, many a night drinking in there. Yeah. I have my 80, 18- I have my eighteenth birthday now. Yeah, so um, oh, I'll be right then, cool. And we might let you bring Curtis out Curtis out. He's already coming. I've, but it's a few of us, we've talked about it in this, through this COVID, just between us. We talked about it. we're gonna we're gonna get dev up, beer makers, deserts coming up. Uh, we're gonna have a we're going have a night in Sheffield and have a, and a just just to catch a game and reminisce. So I think it'll be a few of us coming up to to have a few beers, like you know. So but when we do it and arrange it, and when, especially when I come to Sheffield, so I'm gonna take my son as well. When I come to Sheffield, um, I, well, I'll let you know. I let Phil know, and like I said, to you, it'll be great to to have a catch up, have a beer with all of you, to catch a game. Um, um, tell a few stories which you can't say on air and uh, um, again but genuinely but honestly thank you so much for, for inviting me for thinking about me and um, it, it de- definitely means a lot you know because it's uh, like Sheffield United you know, is a massive part of what I was a lot of my life and uh, you know and uh, it's nice to be thought of in a, in, a, in a nice way you know
2: Well I'm sure uh, all the fans will love listening to what you've had to say Wayne and, and from us four thank you so much it's been brilliant Thank you so much
0: Thank you, thank thank you so much I it. Good
2: night
3: Here's all. If you go to a ball in
4: Ireland,
3: you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well
0: not put it on. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me Marais, we're all
1: right. Well, i would say Peroni as well.